round recap. What a show. We'll be looking ahead at the line moves. Mahomes, the uncertainty. What's it mean? We're trying to get A.J. Hoffman in. Fez joins. You were on SOVAM Extended yesterday. Uh, yeah, I guess it would be this morning. We're taping now Monday night. I proposed a certain kind of debate, almost like first take. I said, here's the question. Joe Burrow, Mahomes, all right, question one. I got three of them. Then it's Josh Allen versus Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and then... I've got Herb Street or Herbs. What's his real name? Herbert. Herbert versus Sam Darnold. Ah, how the mighty have fallen. Does it? I mean, do you see clear sides there? <laughs> well, I'm just glancing at my Mark Lawrence play ba- uh-huh. playbook, and uh, there's there's the the, the king of the tigers, man. Joe Burrow. Yeah. So uh, I think that's Eric Brush. He don't look that no, but it it is. Yeah. Here, here no no his uniform looks great. He looks great. Now here's what we're gonna do. The typical recap. The differences. We'll deep dive. We'll do a quick post mortem on the teams we say goodbye to. Um, we are gonna try to get AJ in to make a statement. It's What's g- the song where they go goodbye, 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 goodbye? <laughs> That's catchy. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know that. You mean like the crowd when they chant like "Hey, hey"? Nah. No, it's no, a, okay. it's a different. They played at the end of Fast Times at Richmond High. Oh, you. You know what's funny? How much do you think of first edition? Of the book, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Cameron Crowe wrote it, goes for? $89.99. It's like uh, seven eight hundred. So it was a very small, it, it was a book that came out with no fanfare. Then the movie happened and it blew up. But there's a, like on eBay, if you search right now, first edition Fast Times, it's like seven eight hundred. That would be. A I nice. would love to have that in my collection, but I'm far too cheap. I could go to seventy bucks. Well, you know something. We, maybe we'll set some goals for you, and if you achieve it, the company will buy it. That sounds fun. Or we could just get our listeners who are listening. If anyone's like like a big RJ Bell fan and they want to donate to Pregame's <laughs> library, we would be greatly appreciative. But somehow Fez would walk out with the book. <laughs> if you want to donate, to, if you're a big, I'll fan, let you keep the cover. I'll just take the book. I want big, the content. If you're a big fan of RJ, buy me a book, says Fez. But for, for the listeners, I borrow stuff from the library, and RJ knows that sometimes they disappear. So he let, what he does— One at a time? He holds the—one co- at a time, and he holds the cover hostage. Well, no, <laughs> the dust jacket. You don't need a dust jacket. You're just going to bang it up. Now, um, <laughs> but, but I will say this, and I know you were teasing, but that's one thing I've never done— is I never say, oh, get me a coffee. Oh, you know. And again, I think there's some context. Like there's some gambler, not gamblers, but content providers who might gamble who are on like Patreon, right? So Patreon is like, you know, there's things like OnlyFans or whatever that has more of a, you know, like a, a sexy woman kind of feel to it where there's that dynamic. But on Patreon, it's a lot of creators that are like, they might be doing music and mm. they don't have a big audience. But like, if you pay nine bucks a month, you get like the early releases or you get mm-hmm. the bootlegs. So there's a way to kind of have a grassroots, yes, uh, uh, you know, support of a uh, emerging artist, let's say. Um, I actually respect if someone's produced, and, and in a way, um, 
What's that list? The list server thing that people send the emails on, Mackenzie? What's Substack? That? Substack's like, I don't know if you're familiar with it. But it's like they created a platform where you can send out emails and it's it's really easy. I, we're not on there, but I see a lot of people are. Like Kevin Cole, when he uh, got let go from PFF, he started a Substack. We mm. signed up, you know, right away because it's like for the modest amount of money, there's good value. And I respect that. But, you know, we've been at a scale that like the idea of saying, Hey, you know, it's like we try to, to me, the listeners, if they like the show and they don't want picks, some people want them. I mean, a lot of people want them. Some people don't. All we ask is tell a friend. If you like the show, tell a friend. And if you tell one friend every six months, you've done it for us. Thank you. And that helps the show keep growing. Speaking of the show, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run down it. I want to start, though, with a, uh, and look ahead too. I want to start down with a big picture conversation. And that doesn't have to be long. What is it with Joe Burrow? Because in a weird way, what he's doing, I don't think we've ever seen it before. Meaning we've seen guys that were on the better team, the home team, Mahomes even, win, win, you know, lose one here or there, but win, win, win in the playoffs. One Super Bowl, but still a lot of winning, right? Five straight mm -hmm. uh, conference finals at home, not just five Pretty straight. Pretty good, yeah. yeah. So Steelers never did that. You know, even the Steelers didn't. You know, in 49, I don't think anyone's done. Is that is that one of a kind? Mackenzie, did the maybe? Patriots ever do it? I don't think so. They tend to go every other year. To the Super Bowl, but I'm saying like getting the yeah. – yeah, we'll see. But, I mean, it's really amazing, right? It is. But Mahomes is getting – Way proper credit, right? I mean, he's considered the best. I mean, he was like a Hall of Famer in year three. I've never yes. quite seen anything like that. But he impresses people enough. Joe Burrow came to a franchise, which you as a Dayton, uh, grown up in Dayton, you still talk about like 81 and the John Candy Super Bowl with Montana. And it's like, man, that was 40 years ago. Big Pete Johnson. Yeah, yeah, big Pete. You know. I, I Munoz and yeah, yeah, well, most a lot of people know him, Hall of Fame tackle. But here is the question: We had Stafford, and it's like, oh yeah, but he was in Detroit. You can't hold him accountable. And then, like, who's ever done this? Who's ever stepped up in the day they got on the team? Fundamentally, the team not only changed when it came to how well they played, but it changed in their outlook on life. They're being winners and not losers. Have you seen this before? Once. Who? You're not going to like this. No, I mean, Andrew Luck. The Colts were massive losers, and then and then they became a playoff team. Okay. So when you say massive losers, you mean after Peyton Manning had the yeah. best run or as good a run as any quarterbacks the ever level, had? The level the team was at for two years, for well, the one year. Again, one year. One year. One year. But, yeah, one year. One year. So you're right. And it's, they it tanked. Was, it, you're they right. tanked. You're right. They had Scott Tolzine quarterbacking. You know, that there are more ex-Wisconsin guys as backup quarterbacks, and what's amazing is none of them were ever any good at Wisconsin. But let's get back to this idea that Andrew Luck— Came in. I'm just saying they were at the, they were at the, the Colts. How were bottom really, could they be? Their season what, win number was four and a half. Okay. The first but year. What I'm Andrew saying, Lock. I'm not saying they didn't tank. What I'm saying is, when you start a quarterback, well, whoever thought Scott Tolzien should be a starting quarterback? Nobody. I think that's who. McKenzie, check that. And but they went into it with a smile on their face. Yeah. What does that tell you? It's good. Good right? long-term management. How good were they the year before? Very good. So how bad can you get in You're one? Right. Year? Bad. It's a bad example. Yeah. Bad example. And, and again. Let's say one thing about Andrew Luck. 
he made zero Super Bowls, and Andrew Luck had zero even conference championship games in which he was competitive. Yeah. I think he was in two and got beat by like a total of 70 points. And we've gone from being like like bottom feeders in the Bengals to we're, we're, we're elite. I mean, I mean, it's amazing. Marvin Lewis had them winning. There was times they made the playoffs like four out of six years, which was amazing for them. But it was never like the Steelers would like position themselves to play them in the in the in the on the road, and we wouldn't win any of those playoff games. And no. we were terrible for 15 years before the Marvin Lewis yeah. playoff. I mean, we were just I mean, we we're we're Detroit esque in terms of yes, no playoff wins in 30 years type of thing. And Burrow not only comes in and gets the playoffs, but he is almost like. You know how, you know, if you had a dad, even if you, you know, like a lot of people have conflicted relationships with their dad, especially sons, you know, but if a dad's a good guy, even, even if he doesn't treat his son great in some context, and usually it's because he's trying to help him learn or grow or whatever, um, when the shit hits the fan, if it does, you look over, if you're eight or 10, you go, oh, daddy's here. He's going to protect us. Like, that's what a dad's supposed to, at least in gender. And I think a lot of them do. It's like Joe Burrow, who is like 20, what? He's a little older. He's like 24, 25. I haven't seen a guy's worldview, mentality, ethos, whatever you want to say. Whatever he permeates seems to be the most contagious and it seems to be able to be like a like some kind of mind control drug. Take these people who don't have a history of winning, an organization that doesn't didn't have a out indoor practice facility till recently. It's like they don't spend money in Cincy, and he made them winners. And, and LSU became the most dominant college football team of all time. The one, the, and that well, was he, a program way on the decline. You yeah, know, I mean, it was they, a top crew grade, all top twenty program, yeah. nothing more. You know, yeah. and even if they were top, let's say they were eighth or ninth, even to take that to the the greatest college football team ever, and then fall off the cliff. To fall, yeah, I mean, right after he leaves, yeah, and and the coach that he brought to a title is someone they fired within two, you know, two years later. Exactly. So clearly it wasn't the coach. And now, uh, you know, when in terms of you watch him play, it's a combination. He's very, very accurate. Mm-hmm. And he makes tremendous reads at the line of scrimmage. He Just process, tremendous. Process Zing. Fast, yeah. Zing gets the ball out so quickly. Like Brady? Yeah. I mean, effectively. Like he's a little more athletic, but. Yeah, he can run. But, yeah. you know, the thing is, Brady got more athletic. He worked so hard. I mean, his arm was not, you know, it's a weird thing. We think of Brady like he was like Doug Flutie, but he's like 6'4". You know, he just was pudgy at the, in Michigan, right? And, and you know. But- and, you know, it did seem like when I was watching the game that the Bengals seemed to understand, and it makes no sense because Buffalo, no, no place snows more than Buffalo, that you go north-south on plays. Like you're running the ball, not good to go like east-west because it just, doesn't work well with everybody slipping and sliding. You can't cut. And it seemed like the Bills had more plays to the outside and the Bengals had more plays up the middle. Like Joe Mixon just gashed that Buffalo team right up the middle. I think there has to be a reevaluation of the Bills' whole organization. Hmm. It, it, what we saw, holy moly, Dan Orlowski was the second stringer. They were throwing things. No. <laughs> but, but no, I'm having fun. Curtis Painters was the star. Curtis, pa- I don't think I've ever heard that name. Curtis Painter. Does he have an S? I thought he was a Curtis, yeah, Curtis Painter. Painter. My bad. Yeah, okay. okay. That I would have never known. <laughs> Purdue. 
It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Purdue though, good call. But, when's the last time a team came into a, a season with the, it wasn't? I mean, they came into the year. I mean, let me get this straight. If I remember right, Peyton Manning didn't take a snap that year. Like he, mm-hmm. the off season, he had surgery. Yeah. And it was like maybe he's coming back, maybe he's not. And then they knew well before the season he wasn't going to play, or most likely wasn't. At minimum, he was going to be fragile. You think you'd get a good backup in there? No. Nope. But here's brilliant. What I, here's what I think. Well, it was because they got Andrew Luck and they didn't know he had a yeah. soft arm. Yeah. <laughs> he was, you know. I mean, listen. He said it himself in that article. Effectively, not with those words. Right. But he said it, didn't he, Mackenzie? Essentially. Yes. I would say this, the the spending of money this offseason for the Bills was, Vaughn Miller was one of the worst signings I've ever seen in my life. Vaughn Miller, remember, when he got traded to the Rams, it was for a second and a third. That seems like a lot. But remember, Denver was willing to pay pretty much his whole contract. The Rams didn't have any cap money. They wanted Vaughn Miller. So they said, hey, we'll give you a premium. You pay this money. They had the cap room. They did it. So it was a situation where everyone thought the Rams was nuts for the trade. He stepped up in the Super Bowl, no in the playoff run, and maybe they don't win it without him. Mm-hmm. So it was a good trade. But he's a year older. Like people thought it was crazy they paid a two and a three, but let's effectively call that a two because if it wasn't for the money, it probably the three. I, I, I'm the, getting- the irony is that Von Miller, you're, he, he's old, he got hurt, he got hurt. But he was playing pretty much every year. But he was playing great this year, I believe. But but here's the thing about older players. They get hurt more. Sure. And they get hurt as the season progresses. Sure. So what was the games that mattered were the the champ the division round. Like there's three games that really mattered to the Bills this year because if they got first seed or not, they were going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Chances are. I, I know you can't dismiss the games, but like if they if you could have said Von Miller's going to be hurt all the way through the up until the playoffs, and then it'll be healthy for the playoffs. I think the Bills would have taken it. Because they were not guaranteed he was going to be healthy for the playoffs anyway, right? What yes. was the odds he was going to play the whole year and be like real <laughs> spry in the Super Bowl? It, it, it's interesting between you said they, they they would have taken it. I misinterpreted you like like they wouldn't have taken the Bengals. They would have gotten smacked around with Von Miller. But oh, they they, they would have they accepted, would have accepted yes. that scenario. So so if anything, that shows how the way it's gone has been a disaster. Yes. Not to mention, and this is a reevaluation of. If we decision. look at the odds, I, you know, it would be curious to pop up the odds because I'm sure the Bills were favored over the Bengals a week ago and not this year's, but next year's Super Bowl. And mm. that's probably no longer the case. You know, how much of a market? I know that they're putting out even earlier, but next yeah. year's Super Bowl odds are like there's a prevalent like one book. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably so inefficient. Maybe it hasn't moved. Well, but. You, what are we seeing, McKenzie? DraftKings has it up with Bills and the Chiefs tied at plus 550 favorites. So how much do I have to bet if I want to fade it? Oh, you can't. Do not offer. Yeah, uh, the Chargers are still twenty-two to one. It's good they're not getting any respect. Jeez. <laughs> I think AJ just got down on that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and then he told his kid that he has to go to community college right after. Because let's be honest, the Char- I mean, look at those Bengals ten to one. Now that's, I mean, I that's, that's that. That's, I mean, there's no reason the Bills should be evaluated any different than the Bengals at this point. But the Bengals, I played it in one of our simulation batting at 28-1 to 1 before the season. Mm-hmm. So it's like they got no respect before this. And season. they had a really difficult schedule. So that was part of the problem for the Bengals. Except Obviously, they, it don't they, matter they, they, no they more. They dispatched that problem. Yes. Right? When you win every game in the second half of the year, that helps. So 
I want an answer. What is Joe Burrow doing? Because we got to identify it because we got to then identify when it's lacking. He's more accurate and he makes the right decisions. I don't think it has anything to do with on the field. I don't. Because you can't say that his game, like if anything, what's been the narrative of the last two or three years? Tom Brady is one of a kind that is now done. You need a Trey Lance, who you need a Justin Fields, who will bridge their growth as a passer with their with their legs. And by year four, year three, year four, they're now passers. But if you come in all on Mac Jones and you don't have run in you, it doesn't matter if you're a fast processor or whatever. You can't get up to speed fast enough to be competitive. I agree. Hasn't that but, been the narrative? Yeah, but he's an alien. He's he's the exception to the rule. Okay, but we were saying Tom Brady was the one exception in the history of mankind. Now we Maybe got another he's the one. one exception in generation. Now listen, I I do mean to bash our or AJ for fun and merit, but I'm not bringing this up to bash him. A week ago, he still picked Justin Herbert over. Burroughs. Well, that, that's not going to age well based upon Burroughs' game is, of the century. I don't both. think that he's in the extreme minority. I think it probably would have been about 50 I, I, I agree, but it's no longer the case. You know, and I, one game? Yeah, and I would I would make the case, too, in this game. It's almost like the Bengals could easily have put up you know another eight points. They So they had one touchdown call back, mm-hmm. a juggle, going out of the end zone. And then at the end of the game, they could have scored a touch. They're up 14. It's the fourth quarter. They're like... You know what? It's fourth and one. We're good. We'll just go up three scores. We win. Well, you but, know, see, but, but they could have scored. I was, you know, watching the game live at that point. That was a great decision. A great with the, decision. With the amount of time left, um, the idea of getting three scores was so not viable. The idea of it one being a field goal instead of a third touchdown really was almost irrelevant. And it was almost, and also Buffalo's attitude. We talked about this pre-production. Yeah. They're down fourteen. They got like a fourth down from their own short from their like their own twenty-three. Like you know, we're gonna get blown out. We're gonna just punt. Yeah. We're, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna win this game. It was like you gotta go there. As soon as you punt, that game's done. So, so Mackenzie, my impression was I want to get like fresh eyes on it. That it was like, oh, Bills look good, or I'm sorry, um, Bengals look good. Mm-hmm. Halftime, man, they might win this thing, and then it's like it's over. Like at no point did it feel like the Bills stepped up and said, you, "If you're taking us out, you're gonna have to hit us with one more big punch." It was like they wilted. Yes. And my theory, and I want to see. What my, well, first off, Mackenzie, did you see that? Yes. And talk about that punt on fourth and two. The third and two seemed like the game was on the line. They go for a long pass, kind of you know a fifty-fifty ball. It didn't seem like Josh Allen did everything he could to get that first down. Like his life depended on it. Well, in a weird way, though, how has Josh Allen played this year? As if the constraints of a human, of a human, the human frailties didn't apply to him. He can run through linebackers. He can jump with a single bound, and he it maybe is the most impressive athlete that could throw the ball we've ever seen. But it's come to nothing. Like, or, well, making the playoffs is something, but when your expectations are what they are... It's, and the I'm, Bills were not the, the elite dominant team the no. second half of the year that they were. The first half, there's talk about the elbow injury that, you know, that that, you know, certainly hurt Josh Allen. But let's face it, the defense was bad. And, the, and we talked about the defense having elite games, and they they just got picked apart. Now, I, I brought up, what, you know, one thing that was advantageous to the Bengals. It wouldn't matter. Bengals would have won anyways. Oh, you, How's this sound? How long could you wait before you have to say this theory? Could you wait five more minutes? Would it be painful? I can wait. No. Yes. I, everyone, I want you to take a second and guess 
Like, what's the wackiest theory Fez could have that's going to try to mitigate this game? Right? Ponder it for the next minute. I'll make him wait two. Okay. All right. And and then it's going to exceed your expectations, I think. I think. For wackiness. Yeah. Not for insight. No, no. Though, no, I think it's probably true, but it's probably a very small effect. Yeah. And you're going to make it like, I got a theory. Let's forget everything, you know, like, because you love that idea. Well, I always like it when I have originate something that nobody else on all these other talks uh, I'm gonna, you know, something, talks I, about. I, I'm such a softy. Go. All right. So the Bengals <laughs> typically wear... Orange and black, that's their colors. That is. And they came out in their whites. Even their helmets were white for this game. In the snow in Buffalo, the entire field was coated in snow. White. Camouflage, baby. So for years, Boise State, it was remarkable how their uniforms matched the color of the blue was turf. Was it remarkable or was it by design? It was by design. And Boise, for whatever reason, had the number one home field advantage. And they always said, oh, they got that great crowd. Well, and the camouflage of the blue turf. It's hard to see the defenders down the field. All right? So I think the Bengals did have an advantage that their players on defense were camouflaged. They only got one interception, so it couldn't have been that big of a factor. But I think it bothered Josh Allen. As Fez guitarist and founder of English rock band Led Zeppelin. Oh, wait. I, I was... No, that's not you. You saw Die Hard too. You remember when Colonel Stort and the bad guys were all wearing that white in the snowstorm in D.C.? Die Hard 2? Is it a Christmas movie? A, a one is. Oh, two, okay, is okay. two is not. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, Josh <laughs> Allen in the playoffs. 500 record. Four and four. Has a 1.3 straight up margin. So, one point and a third. ATS, which is by definition expectation, two of eight. So two wins, six losses, six losses. That's not good. We're going to blame him for that 18-second drive, though? Did that change the spread? I think, yeah. What? I think it was a pick game. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. Because here's why. Who dictates the culture, it's back to the Joe Burrow question, of a building, as they say, like in the league, a building. It's your quarterback, especially when he's your $40 million quarterback. And Burrow's the walking, talking, cigar-smoking tiger king of this. He, he, he's a stud. He, he makes everybody better. I think he's a guy that I don't see any of that being what he's about. I see he understands. He's almost being campy with it. He's saying, look at me. It's almost like a guy that got paid that pulls out a big wad of money. He's like Ted DiBiase in a way. The, the exactly million what I was thinking. It's fun. It's not to get over even. Yes. It's just he's having fun saying we want. Because remember, after this game, or tell me what you think of this, they were talking about oh, I feel bad that Kansas City and Buffalo is going to have to change all the uh, logistics they had around their championship game meeting in Atlanta. Well, we're not going to Atlanta. Like, there was a lot of that kind of talk. That, that, was, that was cool. Yes. I, I'm sorry, NFL. You're going to have to, like, refund all those tickets. And, yeah, we're going to be playing in Kansas Cincinnati's going to be playing in Kansas City. Not oh, he, going to be he, any Atlanta game. He's a fan again, McKenzie. Imagine this is what it took. Joe <laughs> Burrow not only has changed the ethos of an organization, he's got feds out of his, his, his long decades of indifference. 
indifference to anything but money. Now I've you... always been a big Bengal fan. It goes back <gasps> no, to we Kenny could... Anderson. Stop. Stop. I'm we could have on I'm being facetious. What are you saying? I don't care. I'll, for 20 bucks, I, the Bengals could all lose. I mean, like, you've said things like that seriously. Now you're back on the bandwagon. I'm doing the icky shuffle. It's all good. Because, <laughs> because of Burrow. He's yes. contagious. Yes. And there's nothing about him being like some money guy, like an Instagram thing. Like, to me, that's what it looks like if I don't know Mackenzie you're obviously more you're closer to the median age of an Instagram you know you're in your early early 30s like do you think what is Burrow doing with the you know the the diamond chains like what do you think he's doing with that I think campy is a good word for it he's like I'm so unaffected yeah he's kind of saying like this is might be what you expect that someone that wins like me, Joe Cool, would be, but I, I'm not nothing. He's like a Brady, but Brady's like Opie. Like Brady's like thinking, I gotta be earnest. I gotta have a certain haircut, and he's being like, No, I can. You can be someone that is has a diamond, and you can also be a hard worker, and you can also, you know, like Ted DiBiase. Well, I heard he wasn't a good worker in the ring. No, I don't. Know. I heard he was. Yes, yeah, I don't even know. Very, don't no know. one, no one's like on all these podcasts. They all say they really liked working with DiBiase. So, so you listen to a lot of wrestling, like um, shoot podcast. They no, come sh- but how do you know about DVD? A couple of them. Because you, know. you just love WrestleMania three so much. Wait, yeah, was he big on that one? Yeah, because he was the four. guy. He lost to the Macho Man at WrestleMania four in Atlanta. Yeah, but City remember in, in three, if I recall. The Million Dollar Man bought the before that he oh, it was at he At, bought the belt uh, correct so after Hulk beat Andre in WrestleMania three I don't think he did that they had in the main and then they, in the main event in uh, between WrestleMania three and four mm-hmm. DiBiase paid helped Andre the so Giant so it was like the Saturday night thing that would be broadcast were Saturday Night Live exactly yeah. right and they bought off the referees they had the plastic surgery so they fixed the match well, they were twins that exactly yeah. and then and Andre won and gave. DiBiase the title, and then Gene Tunney, the esteemed president of the WWF, stepped in and said that wasn't kosher. Huh. I digress. More Jewish talk from Fez. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kosher. All right. So here's, here's what I'll say. No one has any idea what Burrow's doing. Because it's just the question's been avoided. Do you have any idea, Mackenzie? No clue. I think it's one of these things. When someone, what did Brady do? Because if we see anything... What the Bills are doing, it makes you look at what the Patriots did and say, what the heck? You know, this is a great analogy because the, for years the Patriots won and their yards per play were nothing. You know, they were like comparable mm-hmm. offense, defense. They weren't much different. And the Bengals fit into that category. How the heck has this team become elite? When you look at it, their YPP differential is zero. So They've Mc- got no differential and they win every game. So, Mackenzie, let's look at post-Browns, which is obviously arbitrary, the Monday night game. Uh, it was Halloween night, so post-Halloween. And let's do a 496 filter on the, the garbage time, which is just saying if one team had uh, one team has more than a 96% chance to win the game based on the NFL in the in-game stuff they do, we just say these plays are diminished. We don't even eliminate mm-hmm. them. We diminish them because, let's be honest, they uh, when a game's not competitive, it's not as telling, right? So... Let's get back to Von Miller, and we'll see how good the Bengals are, because my guess is they're going to be a top three or four team. So if YPP says one thing and EPA says the other— I pretend to believe EPA. I agree, but— But I'll give some weighting to YPP. And what we want to do is let this be a case study. We can dig in and say, what's the difference? And we can start getting to the heart of what drives winning. I don't think all these EPA guys don't—or let's just say this. 
if you learn a bunch about EPA and you become, let's say, at parity with experts on the web, I strongly believe they do not understand what it is that makes a Joe Burrow win. I don't yes. know if many people do. And my point is, this is a great opportunity. We've got a test. We know this guy wins in an inordinate le- at an inordinate level, at a level you can't even explain why. You know, one thing I couldn't explain, I know the quick release, the Bills didn't get a pass rush. Now, part of that was the snow. Apparently, it's— um, It affected the home yeah. team more than the road team. Well, neither team With really— With a decimated offensive line. Neither team really got a rush. There's only two sacks the entire game. I was dead wrong on that. I, I bet sacks over four and a half. I thought it was a great you wager. Know what the, you didn't know what the weather was going to be. I it, mean, it, it, it wasn't was really overly expected. Yeah. It was conflicting reports. It was not supposed to be accumulation until the day of the game. So, we talk about the Von Miller spend— you might think, well, listen, one year, I mean, it was a disaster, but, you know, good luck, Vaughn, Mr. Miller, because, you know, he's getting older. The next two years, here's the cap hit for Vaughn Miller. Next year, $15 million for a D lineman that is 34 at that point. Remember, I'm a goldfish. I only evaluate this year. So well, so you're right. It's a disaster. So then why are you talking if you don't evaluate? I mean, you don't have to interject, because, but we're going to be in a point of betting or betting next season. We're here. there. That's yeah. Yeah. This is And this is going to be, and now he's not going to be healthy. This is going to be a disaster. Well, I don't know if he's going to be healthy, but let's just say this. The odds of him being healthy come playoff time is f- not better than 50-50. How is Bill's going to afford this? Well, they got to pay. They're paying Josh Allen. Well, for sure they are. In 2024, that's not enough. They can't let Mr. Miller go at that point. Yeah. Now, two years out, it's even higher. It's a 17 and a half million dollar cap hit. That's like, like literally, like two years ago. The uh, before the cornerback market grew a little bit, the number one cornerback in the league was was making like 16 million. Mm-hmm. These are, I mean, there's a few defensive players that's jumped now, but. I, that's interesting. As of right now, at 17 and a half, I know we're comparing two years to this season. On defense, what would that put Von Miller paid? Like seventh or eighth, maybe? He's third on the Bills right now. I'll get that number for yeah. the end. Third on defense? No, and the Bills. I'm talking about Allen defense. Did. Defense. Because paying a defense defensive guy this much is tough, even if he's like a, a Watt, you know, for the Steelers, TJ Watt. It's like, yeah, he's worth it, but it's tough. This is a guy that's 35, and he. how many healthy seasons has he had in the last three or four years? Yeah, He'll so be the fifth highest paid DN next year. DN? Yeah. Defense. Defense. I got you. Yeah. The window of opportunity started to swing shut on Buffalo. I think they like it was like uh, some type of like self-sabotage because they were thin at receiver. And let's be honest. You look at the D, you can make the point that even like the Hamlin – um, tragedy. Well, it wasn't a tragedy in hindsight, but it, that scare, we'll call it, and you know, it's the right word, big yeah. event, is Hamlin was playing a lot of snaps. Yeah. You, you you lose him, you lost the safety position. They had cluster injuries, no doubt. But the cornerback, they kept saying White's not there. He came back, and first of all, there's something with him, the cornerback, that he was supposed to be back like in week six, and then the coach starts doing like a hardball thing where he's kind of talking out of the side of his mouth. The guy's not ready, but we thought he would be. And then he comes back, and he's like, his head doesn't seem to be in it. And he and he's like considered to be one of the absolute elite, you know, sure. cornerbacks. So the yeah, theory was, hey, if this defense can be this good with White on the sidelines, yeah. injured, he comes. He came back and didn't move the needle. As far as again, I'm not grading defensive guys, but by all accounts, wasn't moving the needle. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is he all of a sudden going to get better? 
I don't know. I don't think. I think this might be the end. I mean, of the Bills. Now, they can win a playoff game, and if they get hot, 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 maybe they win a Super Bowl. But they can't. I don't imagine they're going to be a favorite next yeah, year. Yeah, they might win, but they're not going to be the favorite you know, to, to do so. Now, this late in the year, I'm very reluctant to move more than a point in my power ratings. What is it even? I guess it means something when you look at next year. Because wherever you – correct me if I'm wrong. Wherever you land – you're going to say, okay, now what happened in the offseason? Who right. came in? Who came out? Who got old? But you're, but you're, boy, that seems tough to do in just a half, like from, from December till the next September. I mean, like you really are saying, like, like how do you, like you said Brady was going to hit a wall for eight years. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he finally did this in some way. He, he had a great year. I mean, but, you know, in the final couple months, I, he wasn't. You're right. Great. And that is a point you. And if we get Vegas gets him. Like, I mean, I'm not projecting how Tom Brady's going to be in September. He'll probably be good in September, but I think he's going to be horrific in November and December next year. I don't year. know. Oh, who knows? Who but, knows? But I'll tell you this. I think you got to say, and this is something I said on SOV on the Fox Network, which was the thing that made Tom Brady special is no longer the case. At least it wasn't this year, meaning he wasn't fixated. I mean, in hindsight, the work when, ethic. Yeah, the, when the, the yeah. live, breathe, all in. When has any? And listen, someone getting a divorce with kids, you got to have sympathy and wish it didn't happen, and you don't want to be flip about it or flipping about it. But I will say this: there's a lot of players that's been in the midst of a divorce entering training camp. I haven't seen any other one take off time to try no, to. No, it was like the rules were didn't apply to him. Which. Again, he has the right to exert whatever power he has, but he chose to do that. Sends a message to the rest of the team. Hey, all the other ball clubs I was with, you know, that was the number one priority. Now life's the number one priority. Would you have upgraded? I I, So I I moved Buffalo down one, since he up plus one, and I struggled with this. I was thinking one and a half, but then I was like, but it was in the snow. There's some extenuating circumstance. I hate to just a point and a half. If the Bills would have won— and someone would have said, yeah, but the Bengals weren't. I mean, they get cold weather, but Buffalo's a different animal up there. That weather screwed them. You would have at least listened. And said, of course, yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is if it snows a little bit, like a dusting, we can't have any takeaway from the game. I mean, oh, we can have a takeaway. I just don't – I hate to have an extreme takeaway of a point and a half. That's a big adjustment, but I, maybe it's warranted, you know? It might be a good segue here in, in a minute or so to the idea of – what's going on with the Bengals Chiefs. And maybe we'll talk about that now because there's been a significant move, obviously the Mahomes issue. But first, let's do just a little bit. Uh, so, Mackenzie, what do we have regarding the uh, Bengals and EPA? You're, you got to speak up. They had the third best ahead. defense from week nine on. I'm um, Offense. The third best offense from week nine. And week nine was the week I'm talking about? Yeah, the week after the Monday Night Football. All right, so halfway through the year, effectively, they had the third best defense. And the offense? Or the, I'm sorry, the, he said defense first. The third best offense. And the second best defense. Oh, okay. So what, what it doesn't say what's – I mean, obviously they're a good team. So it right. does – now the question is what's going on with YPP. That's what we got to figure Maybe out. they've just been building leads and it's, it's a lot of garbage time. In the in the fourth quarter. So Mackenzie, we got our YPP uh, with garbage time removed, correct? Yes. Okay. So how far back do we have? I mean, we have that for the whole year, right? Because you got your accumulated numbers. Yes. All right. So I know it might take a minute. Can you give me? And you can do a pro rata per game. You don't have to worry because if you if you mean the YPP. That's not right because the number of plays matter, right? If one play game had seventy five and one had sixty, yeah, but let's just enough. mean 
the YPP with garbage time removed uh, from the Bengals game, or I'm sorry, from the Browns game, and see what we get. Got it. All right, so we'll see. May, and maybe that Browns game was so horrific, it's skewing the numbers. That's possible also. Yeah, yeah but you but you made the point when we I said post-Browns, you go, yeah, they've been pretty steady, right? You said the narrative is they've gotten... So I think what's happening here is YPP says one thing, and EPA says another. It seems like EPA is right, but if you like YPP, we got to... I think it's an opportunity to figure out what's going on, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, my thought is this. If... I tell you this, we got to listen. If you go back to the tapes, we've been hard on the Bengals coach. Now the defense, we, you know, last year we started. I would say you you came around. You liked the the second half adjustments well, and, and, and the improvement the D showed. By Pizon, the DC for Cincinnati, Lou Amarillo. Yes, I say. Hmm? Sounds like he's from Texas, Amarillo. I'm not sure it's Amarillo. <laughs> it's close, Amar Amar. Yeah. Amber, that was uh, excellent, Faz. You, Amber you, alert. Did you practice that at home? No. <laughs> All right. So to me, the offense looks pretty good too. Oh, I mean, no if doubt. You listen, if you listen schematically, if you listen to Nate Tice, who's part of the um, the Athletic podcast, I like that pod. They really talk X's and O's, right? And he was saying that before, I think the Saints game. They would come out and they were very siloed. If they came out in a shotgun, they knew it was going to be a pass. They couldn't mm -hmm. run out of the shotgun. They came out under center. It was mostly runs with occasional play action. So they were almost like totally tipping. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about how being multiple is so important, a la what the 49ers are doing, right? With a running back that can play receiver and, right. and another receiver that can play running back. Well, that's very multiple. Like the game has never seen multiple like that. But since he fixed that, so I don't know if it's the OC. I don't know, you know. And let's be candid. Um, oh God, I'm having a. Give me the initials. I know his name. I just always forget. Give me the initials of the Bengals coach. The initials. T Taylor. Oh, DT. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Taylor is the initial. Zach. I, I forgot his Zach, first name. I'm, 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 I'm like I'm, no I'm choking. I'm like Zach, a Jeff, I'm like a real fortune when they show the puzzle and most of the letters are up there and they like uh, mythological hero Achilles. <laughs> Thank you for playing. No. <laughs> All right. So, um, Zach Taylor, he was a real leader during this Hamlin um, situ health situation, where supposedly it was like, you know, by whatever account you want to believe, the NFL says 10 minutes. Now, it wasn't good though, apparently. Who knows? And... Um, and Taylor walks over and says, hey, what do you, you know, I, I don't want to try to do it verbatim, but the sense was he was respecting that it was the Bills player and he was going to support the decision. He, you know, or maybe he didn't even want to, I can't remember, but he certainly wasn't passive. He took a lead and led the team. You might say that's what a coach does. No, a bad coach doesn't do that. You're right. So what, and you know what? We got to let people grow. Like, it's not like I thought Zach Taylor's IQ was the issue. I don't know what his IQ was. Isn't it interesting how the NFL screwed the Bengals ultimately with their— Are we changing subjects like all of a sudden? Like well, just right the, the fact that— over sentence? Well, it's applicable to what you're saying because Taylor— you're, you're saying with Taylor going over there— think he's getting there, punished? Well, it's— it, they, I thought so, too, but then mm. they so bent over backwards for Buffalo. Yeah. But maybe their player got hurt, so they thought it looked bad if they didn't, right? 
And but let's be honest, how much more did they want Josh Allen versus Mahomes than this game, right? So even though it's a good game and we like Burrow, it's like it's not the same. That's, draw. Now that's a good point. How much? Let me ask you. How much lower will the ratings be? Cincy KC versus Buffalo KC, five percent. Well, is Tony Romo announcing? I don't know. <laughs> no. Well, he's the AFC announcer. Um, no, I, I, there's just been a lot of reverse on Romo. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, though I mentioned before the show, I, I think Kirk Ols- or uh, Greg Olson, Kirk Ols- Greg Olson is like the best X's and O's announcer I've ever heard. He's amazing. Mackenzie, you hear him sometimes, right? No doubt, 49ers what, game. What you, yeah, what would you think of that? I mean, like he was, and he wasn't doing it grandiose. Like he goes, "Oh, they're making a mistake here," and he'll say it real quick, and it's like it's it's on point. I, I mean, I'm learning stuff every ten, every five minutes. I was thinking about you when they asked Romo, "Do you think that that's an incomplete pass or a fumble?" And he said something to the tune of, "You know, it sure looks like an incomplete pass." But I could see, I could see that being. I could just see, like, if you and I were doing the play-by-play, but that's like you'd be like, "God damn it, Fez! (laughs) You're waffling all over the place." That'd be funny if the announcers, right? Yeah, that'd be great. Be like, uh, "Cut, go to commercial." Jesse, the body Ventura, tell them to stop play. (laughs) It's like we're back. There's been two touchdowns scored. Um, Fez is uh, taking a, a little break. He'll be back in 10 minutes. You know, it's, hey, that'd be fun. The mic would get turned off <laughs> immediately. I don't know. Maybe that is a fumble. You haven't, sure. had, you haven't had the mic turned off in a long time. <laughs> All right. So, Bills, we've kind of done a post more. I mean, I guess one last point. They could have used D linemen. They could have used receivers. They could have used O linemen. The Bills are, where are they good? Yeah, you never felt that not against the Bengals, nowhere. And you never felt when you're watching that game, and you, you said you watch most of the games, yeah. it, it's like 14 nothing, and you're like, the Bills, there's been a lot of big comebacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You never felt like they were coming back in this there game. There was not a lot of fight. No. If they there was, had thrown this game, it would look a lot like this game. You know, it would have. And I don't think they did even at all. Even the punting, I'm, of course not. But yeah. even like the, 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 the idea to punt, it's like, uh, yeah, we, uh, we're done. Okay, then this is fascinating. Cincinnati, if you take out the garbage time. Oh, this is good. They go to point plus point nine, which puts them right. And this is the season, oh, since week nine. So this puts them, at least for that second half of the year, right with. The best teams, right? 1.1, you're saying? Yes, spot on. So if I take a look, uh, that's pretty much the number. Kansas City's plus 1.3. San Fran, everyone talking about how great they are, plus 1. Uh, Philly plus 1.1, Buffalo plus 1.1, and now we got Bengals in the Except place of matter. Half of a year. Now, Point nine. Well, yeah. appendicitis. I agree. New I think line. there's real tangible reasons with the O line having to coalesce as it changed. History says those new O lines are a problem, and uh, or at least initially in the year, even if they're better. And his, his appendix wasn't just him being physically weak, but not time Play with calling, the team. Lots of mixing. Yeah. You know, let's let's make sure we don't get we don't get a re. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of um, an organ close to the appendix, a small appendix, a small intestine rupture. Gallbladder's good. Yeah, let's not get a gallbladder injury week two. Yes. Now, and plus we got to account for Zach Taylor's brain transplant at some point. I think in the <laughs> early in the season, he came back I'm, from Germany. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm sold. The uh, we're going to one and a half point adjustment upward for the Bengals. I think yes. they're good. I and again, this is a like if the Bengals had lost this game, twenty seven twenty four, 
the narrative would be, man, they almost won the Super Bowl. They had a lot of – the O-line was decimating. They almost won. They, we would be celebrating them for almost – And you'd be talking it was about a the It was a built-in excuse. Yes, and they just kicked their butts. They just kicked their butts. That never happens. You see, you see teams – You don't lose. see a team this good as the Bills, at least supposedly, get whipped in the playoffs like this. No. What you see is every now and then you see like a good example is the year Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl with Warren Sapp. They went to Philly, and Philly was a six-point favorite. Um, that game, Philly could have won. And it was in, I mean, I know it was like a 14-point final, but Tampa got a pick, right. a pick six at the very end of the game to, to extend the, the scoring. You never see just a domination like this is. Yes. And if I said to you, okay, you were a good boy this year, Fez, you want the Bills to win, hypothetically, well, I'm going to let you go back and change a couple of plays. Like, like three, usually you can swing almost any game if you change three plays. You say, take away... I'm not even sure, like, when you're getting blown off the ball on both sides of the ball, I'm not sure what plays you change to make the Bills win. Well, Chase could have caught the ball. Oh, no, then they would have lost by 21. Yeah, you know, really I mean, was, even worse. You know, one thing that, about the Bengals, it does seem like, and I'm not sure why, and I think maybe it's just the NFL is involved, they're not giving up as many big plays, that Chase the year before was had more really big plays down the field. But I think that's true for the NFL in general. Well, so luckily with our bet on would the game close at 6, it's at post. We have a consensus six, Fez. How are you feeling about that? Now I'm. I'm. Uh, what, what is Remember that? Remember, it was the Bills. Right. Right. Yeah. I, well, I, I lost because I said there won't be any six, and there was. Well, yeah. But, but, that, but we're but, saying at the post, it was a consensus six. You, you know what? It was because I. I even saw. I've got. A, there's a book called um, Low Vig, mm-hmm. and since he was was available at plus six minus one hundred four, so I was wrong. But but I again, you didn't predict. Like, how could you know? Let's be honest. I think I was wrong because if it wasn't for the O line injuries, it doesn't get to six. Uh-huh. And when we made the bat, we didn't know about yeah. that. So, but it you know it was close. Um, I will say this: you were. Uh, oh well, let's think about it. Oh no, we had the Chiefs and the ba- uh, the Bills. We had a bat. If it was a neutral, who would be favored? Here though, the bang. All right, so this is interesting. Let's segue to the line first because we want to talk Bengals, right? And a little later, you recorded some stuff on the line, so we'll yep. keep this concise. Um, Bengals, and we're putting that at the end of the pod. Bengals are now, and we're taping on Monday evening in Vegas, one and a half, and it opened. I mean, minus initially. one at Bengals well, favorite. Well, but you're saying that there was a time that it, Caesars had it, uh, Bengals plus three, right? Yes, plus three was the opener, and this was after Caesars. the game, and they knew Mahomes was hurt. That's right, and it did not last. There was a feed. It's interesting. There was a double feeding frenzy in this game. So the initial feeding frenzy, the three got bought. Chiefs Kansas City minus three, bought down Kansas City minus one and a half. Everybody goes to sleep. We're all good. Then you wake up the next morning and boom, there's a second frenzy where it flips favorites and it goes from minus one and a half to plus one and a half. Okay. So this is what I like to do. If every if <clears throat> Mahomes were healthy, everything else is the same. So since he's got their own line issues, and you might say what O line issues. But Fez made a good point. If you make it if the weather made it so the D line couldn't get traction, then them not getting the Bills not getting pressure isn't about since he's O-line playing well, it's about the weather. Now, the fact they could run the ball so effectively, Faz, I don't think you you can use the weather for that as much, right? No, you can't. So you would make the case the Bengals far exceeded expectations. Now, my understanding, and I don't follow like second-string Bengals linemen, my understanding is a couple of these guys playing were the line last year. 
They, they just, is that right? I just saw their pro football focus grades yeah. and, and from and they, small sample sizes. And they got yeah. supplanted, but in a weird way, it's like if you're sitting there second Were they the street, guys getting, giving up nine sacks to Tennessee last year? Probably, yeah. yeah. But, but they I'm, had experience. Yeah, or they had the whole offseason. They, they're fresh. That's mm-hmm. the thing about fresh. I mean, it's weird is is these teams, I mean, maybe Purdy some of it is so everyone's so banged up. That when you get, even if you're a second tier player, if you're fresh, maybe it how it's a bigger deal than we realize. But so how are you? Are you done? If the Bengals didn't have any O line injuries and they were in this game against the Chiefs, and then in scenario two, it's what they are currently, an O line disaster. It seemed a great game recently. How much away from them, if they were healthy, are you now? Have you come back to like it's the same as it was? Oh, no. I, so I got the Bengals five points now better than average team. But we're talking O-line specifically. All right. With, with the O-line healthy, six and a half points better. Point so and a half still, difference. Still what, a point was and a half. it coming in the last game? Two and a half difference. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's a big number. Wow. Cluster injuries. No, I hear yeah. you. I hear you. And that's but the first injury isn't as painful as the second is the third because eventually you're getting guys off the street, you're getting guys on the practice squad. You know, the the difference even from a kind of name guy to number two isn't often huge. Because how often does that guy that was back up last year become a star and it's or at least a good, good player? And it's like he was pretty much as good last year. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes teams are thin, you know, but um what would the line be? Bengals as they are. Mahomes, the only change with reality is Mahomes is 100% healthy. What's the line? Kansas City minus five, based upon my latest mm-hmm. Cincinnati power Do you power think rating. that's what the market would be? Yes. I think you're right. The fact that they opened three when he was hurt tells me that it's like it would have been over three. We know that. Yes. Right. So we'll bring it down to three. So what uh, if Mahomes were out, hypothetically, we don't think that's going to be the case. What would the line Kansas be? Kansas City plus three. Okay, so you're giving it a little less than eight points. Eight well, points. But you're going through three, and you're going on to three, so going through zero, that's actually more than eight, I think, mm-hmm. right? Going through three like that? I've, well, I've got the I've got the quarterback seven-and-a-half-point difference, mm-hmm. but but it's the nuances of where the land's on the spread. Yes. But what I'm saying is if you go from five one way to three the other, you're going through— Oh, yeah, I'm going through zero, and I'm going through both threes. The both threes— are probably yes, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's different factors. Though so you're there. only going on to the second three, right? Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're saying over a touchdown, less than ten points. Feels right, right? Okay. Is the adjustment from yeah? Well, that's the classic one. Now, Henny looked like he played well. It seems like he did, but if you look at his stats, he had like 27 yards mm-hmm. passing. So it's like Andy Reid is a maestro. We just got to admit that. But he's done. He's done this before. I think this is an yeah, easy. I think too. this is how e- old is Henny? Thirty-seven. Yeah, I think this old. is an easy adjustment because Henny is an above-average backup quarterback. No one's going to dispute that. Oh. So he's like a minus two and a half. Is he at, at thirty-seven? But go ahead. Yeah, I think Andy Reid can make him that. But go ahead. I mean, he was really good against Cleveland in the playoffs just last year. You okay. know, when he had to come I- in. Um, and Mahomes is the best quarterback. I've got him five points better than an average. So I'm not on an island with either one seven and a half point difference. Yeah, okay. Plus, so plus or minus. A half to one from that number. All right, so the line right now at Bengals minus one and a half under your numbers means we, it's a must play Kansas City. Because unless Mahomes is going to be out. Or so severely compromised that he's not mo- even close to Mahomes. That's right. Now, people might say, well, wait a minute. He got hurt. He sat out a quarter. He would have to be a below-average quarterback to justify this line. A below-average starter. Yes. Okay. Um, so he went out for what the full court, second quarter, right? Yes. And 
if for the game, Mahomes still had 195 yards, and he threw for six and a half yards per attempt. Not great, but decent. The, the six and a half per attempt. Henny, 23 yards. Okay, so Mahomes only played three quarters, so you multiply by three and you say 69. <laughs> and then 3.3 yards per attempt. So, yeah, they were effective. I don't know at 37 how good Henny is. I'm just saying. Well, he, he, I can't knock him too much because they started on their own two-yard line. So that, he had 23 yards. Yes. How well, much helped, credit can he it, get? It helped, it helped that his running back had a 45-yard run. It does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that, that'll do wonders for, for your turn. But when you start on your own two, that's, you know, that's, really but, up, that's a really tough situation, your first couple plays. But let's think about this. <laughs> if you're a backup, you're usually either young with upside but not ready, mm. or you're old Gonna not the moment won't be too big for you, but you don't have the skills to really lead a team. Henny's not gonna freak out. Yeah. But does he? You know. I mean, I'll tell you this: if I get the Bengals minus three without Henny, with Henny, I think I bet. That. I think that's short myself. Uh, that said, I think if anything, this Kansas City performance without Mahomes for the quarter, and then just how well they did running the ball, is a sign that. Tyreek Hill and getting the team a little deeper or more than a little deeper, it was a, it paid off in this game. I agree. And I actually, and the stats aren't going to support this at all, I upgraded Kansas City half a point. Okay, but then you adjusted for the injury after yes, that, right? Yes, okay. but, 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 but given what transpired, I thought it was an, a really nice performance by Kansas City. I know Jacksonville got a lot of yardage, but a lot of that was the final two drives when they trailed by double digits. So, Mackenzie, what, what did we take out garbage time from this game? Let's see. Um, so, Fez, make your final point, and then he'll tell us that. Okay. So, or not your final point, but your the, the point you were Well, giving. the pure numbers would say this was almost a dead-even game. Kansas City only won the yards by 15. Jacksonville won the, the yards per play, and they're minus two in turnovers. But the eye test said Jack, Kansas City was the better team, not by a lot, but the better team with a compromised Mahomes and with Chad Henney, just a little bit better. And the power ratings say these two teams should have been equal, and that wasn't the case. Kansas City was still a little bit better, even with Mahomes hobbling around like he could barely walk. The power ratings say these two teams should be equal. What you mean is the stats from the game, right? No, I mean the actual power rating. If I assume that Mahomes was playing at a Henny level, mm-hmm. he was so compromised, he, could, he, was, he literally couldn't put any weight on that foot. So what you're saying is if he was playing at the Henny level, that the adjustment downward by like seven and a half points is what the uh, Jacksonville uh, shortfall was against Kansas City. Exactly. They'd be equal teams. Yes. So let's do a quick wrap on Jacksonville, because I'll be honest with you. This game, if you're a Jags fan, in a way, I think it's demoralizing. No doubt. Now, why do you think so? Because this is your big opportunity. You got you 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 got um, Mahomes on on one leg, and here was a situation where Kansas City wasn't going to be able to put up a forty burger on you. And if you just had Trevor Lawrence play a big game, you could legitimately win this game. And he played okay. Mike, Just okay. Yeah, Mike Lombardi, who I'm a fan of, his insights, his friend of the show, he said that the Jacksonville, in his opinion, the Jacksonville coaching staff made no adjustments. They were playing just like they came in with a game plan. They they worked on it hard. Defensively? Defensively, offensively, because mm. complimentary football tells you if the other team, you know, let's think of what Harbaugh did at the end of the game last week. He was, like, so worried about giving them any time. And it's like, okay, but like, does that, is that warranted? Well, it's Joe Burrow. Maybe it is last week. But 
if you're playing against Henny, at least in the second quarter, you're going to play differently on offense and, and defense. And with Harbaugh, if your quarterback's Peyton Manning, then you can run the clock down because mm-hmm. you've got a savvy quarterback. If you've got a backup quarterback, mm-hmm. he's not going to be savvy enough to know he's got to really pick up the pace after you run extra clock. Yes. You know, it's funny. I hate the Ravens, right? I'm a Steelers fan. I don't know what I'm hoping for because you think I'd be hoping the MVP level franchise quarterback. I hope he leaves, man. I hope he gets in a fight with Harbaugh, right? That's natural. I don't know. Because I think if I don't care if the Ravens make the playoffs, I don't want them winning a Super Bowl. I hate when they win the Super Bowl. Well, Lamar Jackson doesn't win playoffs. That's my point. Yeah. So it's like, do like, this sounds crazy. But if I said in the next seven years, the Ravens, yes or no, will win a Super Bowl, you have a free roll on the yes. 10,000 if it's yes. Do you want them to resign Lamar or don't you? Because the first year or two would be bad. If I was just betting playoff appearances, yes. No, but we're not betting Super Bowl free. He's role. not going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, it's not so good enough. So you would say letting him go, especially if you can trade him. Yeah. Because you will be able to trade him because you got contractual because control. Because he's going to. I can't win a Super Bowl paying that guy forty million. It's interesting. Or Fifty million. And when you say that guy, you mean a guy who passing seems, or at least statistically, has regressed since his second year. Yeah. Like when he won the MVP, he was throwing better, at least statistically. Yes. I don't grade spirals, but he was throwing better statistically. Mm-hmm. And and I don't see that. I mean, how can that reverse itself? It could, but man, it seems like when you start going one way, it's hard to go back. Yes. Let's ride, Russell Wilson. I don't think he's reversing either. All right, so. Mackenzie, tell us what you were looking at first, and let's uh, we'll go from there. So in the Jaguars-Chiefs games, there was 19 plays that we discounted due to win percentage being uh, extreme. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jaguars did have the better of those 19 plays. They gained two points of advantage by our all-stats model. I, and in the all-stats model, how many points of advantage was there for whom in the game? Count, um, counting uh, the two points advantage. So the gross. Chiefs by seven. All right, so you're saying Chiefs by seven, but effectively it should have been nine if you take out garbage time. Exactly. Okay. So small, but you know. So they met the Chiefs met expectations with Mahomes getting injured. It's pretty impressive. I agree. And again, the depth of uh, and again, some of these draft choices aren't delivering yet. But this Kansas City team's defense is surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, and they're opportunistic. They're a team that I would expect. Yeah, that sounds square. I don't think there is opportunity. Is there opportunity? They got the pass rush. Yeah. So they have a slightly, yeah. well, they got one person. Well, maybe, I don't know. Um, I, I got to take a harder look at the Kansas City D because, I mean, just you know, statistically, like, Mackenzie, look at any stat you want and just tell me in about a minute, like, something about their D that's noteworthy. Um Okay, I'm going to just go through a few of the numbers and we'll move on from this game. But but for a second, let's talk about this. Do you agree with me that this line feels like it's either telling us, and there was a move, it was a move that took Cincy to be a favorite. That tells me maybe they got a report, the insider's got a report. I agree. Somebody knows that Mahomes is is absolutely Worse unable to walk. Angle, He's, yeah. like, and and they're not going they're not going to disclose this. They're no dummies, yeah. you know. Um, it's just like the Rams running back Gurley, you know, like you've disclosed yeah, your expose on yeah. Gurley's not right, and the Rams are like, oh no, he's fine. We're just whatever. Um, but, but it's actually in hindsight, the Rams were right to do it because they weren't ever punished. Exactly, for- exactly. So so the reason why. It's not just the side; it's the total. So, boom! The total it, opens fifty. The total opens fifty and a half. It's down to forty-six and a half in some spots. So, total's gone down three and a half to four points. Now, 
McKenzie can look. We got him queued up here with things, but he can look this up. Maybe you know it off the top of your head. When the line, what we always say is, if the line moves at multiple places all at once, and especially if it's a bigger move, more than a half point, it's almost always, if not always, a syndicate-type move. They have a certain time, the beeper goes off, and they make their bet so the whole world can't move at once on them. So, Because if they bet even two minutes later, hey, look, who takes the biggest bet? Bet Chris. They get moved. Oh, everyone's moving on air, and now you don't get down, right? Is that right. fair to say? Yes. So this was a, a coordinated move from big batters, a syndicate likely. To me understanding and and I got to be honest this is something I haven't thought about till the last couple years is how the total and its move at the around the time of the moves tells you something about the move right yes because in theory if a favorite goes down the total can stay the same you know if they were something and then they they're six now they're five it's like okay what does that mean is it one team is it that t- the opponent scoring another point is it the um, other team or is it um, the team that's favored scoring one less point? I mean, it could be a lot of different things. And, and one would go bring the total up and one would bring the total yes. down, right? Yes, but have not in this. Have you done any study? I know not in this case. I'm trying to right. lay the, the groundwork. Yes. Um, have you ever done a study on like those movements in, in concert and how what it means? I mean, I know we can logically uh, make extrapolation. I, I have never done a study, but it seems like it's, it's pretty much spot on when we see all the money coming on on one side and a total free falling and this is not just true in NFL it's really true in all sports that there is a it's an keep, offensive injury there's an offensive injury exactly in college basketball the point guards out for St. John's that's interesting that's interesting um okay so Mackenzie you got anything fresh for us oh yeah you asked me about the Chiefs defense this surprised me they're top 10 year to date by EPA and top 7 the last 5 weeks. All right, so they're number 9 year to date EPA. Now that's adjusted for um a garbage time? Yes, 964. All right, awesome. And then last 5 they're 7. This D isn't bad. Yeah. And if Mahomes can be even like let's say top 5 in the league efficient, I'm not talking on his ankle. I'm saying just generally this is a good th- I mean, listen, the Chiefs zagged when everyone else was zigging. What happened? They said uh, the bill or the bills, you know, they got their expensive receiver. They didn't add one. Miami adds an expensive receiver. Philly adds an expensive mm-hmm. receiver. The Raiders add an expensive receiver. And one of those receivers, Tyreek, came from the Chiefs. And they say, no, give us draft choices and money. Yeah. And by all accounts, Tyreek with Mahomes was maybe one of the five most deadly receivers in history. Oh, sure. I mean, like that combination, because Mahomes' ability to throw a deep ball on the run, and Tyreek, no one can guard him for seven seconds. What, was it third and 17 in the Super Bowl? Down uh, 10 with eight minutes to play? I mean, so, to, yeah, well, don't. Mackenzie might get triggered. Relax. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. All right. So, um, can you take a look at the the movement, the second move here, and get a sense of what the total was doing at the same time? Mm. Uh, the total moved from 49 to 48, like within the first 15 minutes of it opening. And when did the actual side move? The side was pretty steady, didn't move till uh, maybe the next two hours after it opened. Okay, now this is interesting. So the total gets hit by a point pretty much at open. Now the reason Monday is a big day is a lot of books don't even put a lineup Sunday yeah. night. And the ones that do have lower limits, come Monday morning, everyone has a lineup. And they're all at pretty big limits. And thus you can get down, I don't know, Fez, 10, probably 15 times the money Monday morning as you could Sunday night. If you were going open order, 
you want to get down at the current number as much as you can. It's at least 10 times. Right? I agree. Because there's like a triple the books open, then they have bigger limits. Yeah, and I've got I personally have like five or six books that I that don't have the line on Sunday night that they have them up on Monday. Maybe they don't have big limits, but boom, I can pop them all. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, when it comes to NFO sides, even the books that don't love big bats will take a big bat. I mean, I'm not saying offshore or whatever, but I'm saying like here in Vegas, drive. Can, I mean, again, if you're not backed off, you. It's. I mean, let's be honest. If someone had an inkling, like Mattress Mac had an inkling on a NFL side in the playoffs, if he wanted to get down, his, I mean, we see it in the Super Bowl, they get down. He got down what nine million dollars, right? If <laughs> That's I, crazy. So I think he could get down if he went like all around and went to the famous Asian books. That everyone talks yeah. about. I mean, I think you get fifty million down, right? In in the Super Bowl. I think you have to have a reputation. Mattress Mac does not have a reputation as a sharp, so he's got more of a Charles Barkley reputation. Yeah. So he gets extended circumstances RJ Bell wouldn't get. Now here's the here's the thing though, is is that mattress who is that there in that? That's just a newsman. Okay, because you know, Mac. you know, AJ's former partner in Houston, Fred, is like the head of like Mattress Max, like media side. Oh, hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah it's like interesting. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to get some, uh, get an interview or something, and do something fun with it. Um, yeah. So your point is, but remember, I remember reading Smart Money, which is allegedly about Billy, and allegedly. And he, the the guy who was like the the brains in that book, said, "I can get down the one game a year. I can get my full appetite down is the Super Bowl." And they were talking explicitly in that book, if I recall now, like three million dollars they bet on the side. This is back in like two thousand three. Yeah. So, and I do think the Super Bowl more than any other yeah. game. Absolutely. Where I, I would imagine, even on the betting exchanges, mm-hmm. you could probably like use those like where, matchbook. Or and, and it's kind of like, it, yeah, and it's just like a. Um, and I'm not as well versed with this, but with the betting, you know, when you're buying stock, for instance, in your mutual fund, mm-hmm. if you want to buy five million of a stock, as long as you keep buying at a couple hundred a pop, and then you wait an hour, another hour, you can keep getting almost the same price because there's someone else that likes the other side. Yeah. So you're buying and they're selling, et cetera. But if you try to do it all at once, and I think the same thing is really true with sports betting, if you were just patient and didn't rock the, the screen by suddenly you know, trying to flail a million dollars all within a couple minutes, mm-hmm. I think you could slowly, like you said, buy up $5 million on a side without anyone really even noticing necessarily. When you say on a side, you're talking the Super Bowl. Super Super Bowl side, okay. yeah. So would you here, agree with that? Yes, but here's what I would say. The reason I think that the syndicates don't do that, but rather they're going to bet at the same time, is a lot of their accounts are marked. Where They're trying to camouflage them, but they're marked. So if they're betting innocently, they know it's not innocent, right? Yes, and then someone will peek into their account and say, oh... Well, someone's sharp. monitoring the account, e- e- right? Exactly, and I've, and I've had privy to these accounts, and they're great. You, walk, you look and you say, oh... This group is on the over on the Washington State game. I'm going to bet the over because it's going to move when word gets out. Veto. And here's yeah, the veto, thing. exactly. But here's the thing is that's why Billy, again, a true innovative force in the industry or in the, the sports betting transaction industry, not the media side, is he used that against them. He figured out, okay, you're moving on air. Everyone's moving on air when I bet. Okay. I'm going to bet early 
bet limits, put down 25 dimes Sunday night. Everyone said, Billy's on this. So now they're laying, let's say, two and a half, or taking, uh, or let's say, laying two and a half. Now it's three and a half Monday morning, and he bets five times the amount back. He has a profitable middle, but he also effectively paid nothing to move the line. Yeah. So you, to some degree, if the, if the, it's almost like jujitsu or um, judo, where you use the, I think, I don't know, the strength of the other person against him. Well, I, well yeah. a buddy of mine, one of his accounts, like one of the hot bets was like, it's just $500, that's the limit, was like a, a game over 130 in college basketball. Um, and this is a really sharp guy. So my buddy went out and bet like 5000 on the over. And it turns out the guy liked the under. So he got under 132 for a whole lot and it closed 126. Were you taking or laying? I thought you were taking. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to pay you and you're going to have to find, yeah, maybe have someone else place these wages. Right. <laughs> the, um, now, here's the thing. The way I understand it, again, is that w the way Billy uh, used to allegedly um, get his money, at least a lot of the money, was it would be like, okay, he meets someone who's... If, let's say a stand-up guy from Pittsburgh, right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking hypothetically. And the guy's a known guy. He's paid his bookies off when he lost, whatever, whatever. Okay. And he says, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my stuff. And what you got to promise me and what you're committed to is I get 5000 on every game I give you. Where effectively, I have a $5,000 bet on the games I give you. And the guy's thinking, all right, I can get down 10000 Right, so I can trail uh, trail Billy, have his exact plays, have to bookkeep with him. Sounds like a good deal, right? Yes, and it is usually. But there's a hierarchy to that, right? The guys that can get five thousand, the guys that can get more, the guys that can get. I don't know how deep Billy went down because now there's bots that are betting in the the paper heads where they can bet a bunch of them, right? Yes. So there's a lot. This literally hundreds, this hundreds. Because yeah, every there might it might be only three or four white labels out there with the lines, yeah. but it, they, there's every in Tuscaloosa or uh, in Tallahassee, Florida. There's four. I mean, like throughout the country, there's or thousands of bookies, right? Yeah, and they're all almost on paper head now. Sure. Because why would you have to do a rundown? You know, all this stuff you used to have no. to do. Now you just, it's a more, it's really a collection and marketing endeavor. They're not even affecting the line. The bookies don't dictate the line in a small town. Right. So, and they never did. They used to have the wire services. That was the whole wires act stuff. So this library is helpful, Fez, when you want to know the, the foundational sure. stuff. <laughs> now, to me, though, Billy occasionally, every seventh bet, maybe, what he would call it is dummy up the game. Yep. So he would give certain people, people we thought were about ready to get burnt, where it was like they were known to be his guys, right? Because he he would feed certain plays to certain people because he wanted to keep them camouflaged. Sometimes if he didn't like a guy, again, I, Malinsky and I talked about this a good bit, I can only go by what Dave said, is, and he didn't tell me like any inside stuff, but he was pretty fair about stuff that was more known, but he would verify, you know, and... And, you know, Dave Malinsky, you know, had an accident, passed away, um, a hiking accident. Uh, what's it been? Like four or five years ago now, right? Yeah, five years. Oh, wow. Uh, it was, yeah. So, um, uh, 
he would like protect some of his his outs. He would actually burn some of his outs on purpose because he figures, okay, this guy's known now. I don't like him. I could try to like give him a bunch of stuff undercover. Let's just burn him out, and we'll use it to move it. So he'll give that those guys the picks that he wants to buy back on. The he, phonies, the phonies, because they're they're already exposed. Like like in the book Smart Money, yeah. like Koenig essentially became useless to Billy because he he already had a name in well, the remember, industry. Remember, it wasn't Koenig. Right, it was a it was a movie star, right? Remember that was, or did they have depictions of two people? It was both Koenig, and then it was the follow-up. Yes. Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yes, but Koenig essentially became useless. Who's the because, author of the book? Yes, because his 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 name got got tainted. Mm-hmm. Like like word got around town that he was moving for Billy, and like that's that was always the rumor with Mayweather. Yes, that that here's a guy that that especially the uh, the guys at um oh my gosh. That's funny. Uh, we're mad whole. Uh, U.S. Integrity. No. Cantor Gaming. Cantor Gaming. Yes. And but the, I guess what threw me was they went. Didn't they go to CB after the big thing? CGT. Yeah. It was like they said we got to change our name. Yeah. He's like I guess it worked. Um, well, I mean, think about it. Is we'll say allegedly again, but remember Calvin Aaron, Bo Dog were the biggest things in all of sports betting. And then one day, and again, you got to give Calvin credit. He got when the going was good. He said, "Oh, we I've sold the company. I'm now living in wherever." And it came out as Bovada. Mm-hmm. But it, and it was like no one's gonna six months, nine months later, no one like hardly anyone remembered it was yeah. Boda. So people do have short memories, and you know if you know the human frailties, you can take advantage of them or try to help people. You know, that's an option. So this was a nice little recitation, I think, on not a full recitation. Do you agree with this generally? Hundred percent. All right. And Fez, who he doesn't brag, you know, Fez isn't afraid to brag. I don't know if you guys know two super contests. I brag for him, but he did spend a, a time period in Curacao. 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 You sure? I hear Curacao a lot. Is uh, a pinnacle with Henry. So obviously, and that was what year. It was like a two thousand four ish. Yeah, so that was. I mean, you were a young buck. Yeah, he said this guy's good. Imagine what they pay now for him, mm. Fez. Yeah, I tell you, they they could if a book was smart. If they were a big white lady, you know, they would bring you in, pay you like. I mean, it sounds crazy. Pay you seven hundred thousand to spend. You know, a month or whatever, helping him with the algorithm. I, I, you know, I remember I set. You said you would. You said you wouldn't do it for like some big I, number. I, I remember, and I could be off by a year. I set the game seven line on the Spurs in the NBA playoffs. Henry's like, "What do you think?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, if you did, you set it, or did you agree with him when and he made you no, feel he good?" No, they th- they were going to do a number, so that's too low. Okay, okay. that's too low. We got to go higher. I was like Spurs minus six. I'm from memory I, now. Were you sweating that game like a mother? Oh, of course. Yeah, because it's like you're, yeah. you're, yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Well, actually, you know what? Actually, no, because the line move ultimately agreed with me. So yeah, it was, so it did. Yeah, it okay. Like, yeah, closing line value. You can't buy lunch with it, but uh, you, can't, you know what? You can't have lunch. Henry explained this to me. He said, "He uh, said, yeah. Steve, when I'm here, we make fifteen hundred dollars an hour." When I'm during the day, mm-hmm. when I'm gone at lunch, we lose two thousand an hour. Lunch cost me thirty five hundred dollars. He was telling you how lucky you were to have lunch. But for those that don't know, Henry was always a almost mythological figure that could book baseball almost out of his head. And what was it? A, a six cent line eventually, or like a? I, was, I think it was. 
I th- eight. I think I, four, I think four cents in each direction. Minus one to four each yeah. direction. I mean, in baseball, I mean, it was. I think it might have went low, but I mean, and it was like the famous thing was everyone would have their, you know, of the real serious batters, you know, the five thousand dollar kind of guys, not syndicates, would have all their spreadsheets, mm-hmm. and it was like winner, 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 big winner, pinnacle. Oh, oh, I lost, you know, seven dimes this month, and it's like they couldn't. I mean, it was like the best batters in the world, you know, or at least um, some really good mid level batters. And again, there's that. I don't. I'll tell you this. I don't believe the syndicate individual batters are better than the five thousand dollar guys. I just think that who's running them, if they do it right, like Billy allegedly puts together those resources in a way that two plus two plus two equals eleven. I agree right. with that because 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 the collective, if you've got eighteen guys all working together, or, or maybe maybe nine guys is a better yeah. example. Everyone's got different outs in different places, and you've got you you can't believe the number that you might have you might get at one book that no one even knows yeah, about. So, maybe back in the day, but man, with the screen these days, I mean, and with props, maybe, but the props, yeah, but you got to be able to bet at that book also. So you got to have relationships. Yeah. But if you had to feed nine or eighteen mouths, I actually think listen, that's, that's hard in big companies. It's usually a negative more than a po- most companies. If they cut in half, would make be more efficient financially. But the occasional ones that get it right, like Google, whatever, they make so much money. Yeah. Everyone tries right. for that. You're right. Right. I think in general, a guy, you know, let's. Uh, I work alone. I now. I I I coordinate with people. Yeah. But I make more money alone because of the very reason. It's like it, it, it's like I don't want to chop up when I when I'm like when I get the plus three and a half. I don't think anyone could possibly deserve half your money. I don't want to give away <laughs> like like get one third of the action yeah. when I'm the one that, that got the plus three and a half on on you know on Cincinnati. Against Kansas City, that's given away too much. And there's a reason that this industry is full of lone wolves like Fez, mm. is they all think they're the smartest mother that ever walked the earth. And with Fez, he, he's not that, but when it comes to the betting and when it comes to the way he bets, might be he might be right. So you know, is can you be mad at someone for that? Yeah, occasionally, I'm but not with, generally. I'm good with the live wager. <laughs> yeah, you're good with a lot of this stuff. All right, uh, we are pregame.com and the special edition. You know, we didn't name this pod really, but you know what? Arose by any other name, Fez. That's what Mackenzie was telling me. It was weird <laughs> over the text. He just was quoting Shakespeare. What's that about, Mackenzie? Is that is that when you lose an NBA game, you start saying maybe I should be an academic? I retreat to the bard whenever. <laughs> that was pretty tough. clever. That was pretty clever. All right, so we're uh, shifting gears, right? So the next game? next game, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Giants Philly, mm-hmm. very clean game. Philly clobbered the Giants. Um, I downgraded the Giants a point. I actually upgraded Philly one and a half, so more because there were questions about Hertz. I'm not saying he looked a hundred percent. But he looked ninety percent, which was better week. than expected. You had another week. Yep. Mm-hmm. This I line think, surprises you. Um, Eagles are favored by almost a field goal. Yeah. So what happened? So oh, so so we go. go we go back. Like I don't know if it was Metcalf at Circa or, or Benson tweeted. Oh, here's what the lines are going to be. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you know, San Francisco is going to be a picker minus one against the Eagles. I believe mm-hmm. was what he forecasted. Well, Eagles covered. 49ers covered. And now, but San Fran's not minus one anymore. The Eagles are minus two and a half. And I think it's it's just, it is a case where even though San Fran covered, 
it wasn't impressive. Purdy looked mm, see, I not so, I, the defense looked good for San Fran, but Purdy did not look good. I did not upgrade San Fran. I kept them the same, and I did upgrade Philly a point and a half. Now that doesn't get me to Philly minus two and a half, but I think it, there's a universal feeling when a line's like pick them, and then money starts coming in on favorite. And this opened one Philly minus, mm-hmm. minus one, and just kind of this this is this was kind of like a gradual death by a thousand cuts. That Philly went to minus one and a half. Then well, minus two. This all Sunday been night. A thousand cuts on Sunday. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. But it all happened. Started happened Sunday night. I think so, when they went to sleep, Philly was minus two. I woke up there minus two and a half. So here is what I think speaks to you being correct that this wasn't a syndicate move. One, you look at the screen; it didn't move like that. But two, you got disparate lines between the sharp books and the square books. Now, what do we assume? We assume that a place like DraftKings is going to get one. They actively bar or they reduce limits so severely on uh, sharps that they perceive that they don't get a ton of sharp money, right? Yes. Number two is they get a lot of recreational money. No They're doubt. Great marketers. We're now in the second biggest weekend of the year for betting with the Super Bowl being number one. There's a lot of recreational bettors. A lot of East Coast recreational money at DraftKings also. Yeah, because the guys, as I always say, that own three 7-Elevens or 41, what, how do they feel good? You know, sometimes it's Vegas trips, who knows what. The goom on the side, as they say, or maybe, maybe, hey, let me bet 20 dimes on this game and feel like a big man this weekend at the, you know, at wherever they're putting them Or 100 dimes. They they take it. They take it. Yeah, and give them credit. Like, listen, to me, that's the best model. All right, get rid of the guys that can beat us and take all we can from the guys that can't. Yes. Sounds like a good business. It's a good, very good business. It's hard to begrudge them that. Yes. But, you know, the only time I would begrudge them, and I never complain about that stuff, but the only time I would is if they're going on acting like they take all any, all comers and don't. If you admit, hey, listen, we are here. Because the line that these books will often say is, we're not here for them. We're here for the recreational better to have fun. And they ruin that. Because the reality is the recreational better understood fully how much guys like you make it harder for them to enjoy themselves. One, you gobble up the good lines when you can, especially on props and stuff. They're waking up drinking their coffee. You guys got your, you know, whatever you got going on, ready we're to go. We're killing the teaser odds. We're killing the parlay card payouts. We're, we're hurting the recreational With no better. remorse. With no remorse. All right. So, so if up. I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. That's what they say. The tragedy of the commons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about the 49ers. Let's talk about Purdy. We got our correspondent in San Francisco. Mackenzie Rivers. He says we when he talks 49ers. That's all you need to know. What did you see, Mr. Correspondent? I liked what I saw from Pur- Purdy. He's ambitious without being risky. That's the perfect combination. Mm. Not okay. always going to be there. It wasn't there on Sunday, but he d- he made the most of it. What was his stats? 54 did- QBR. I'll pull him up. He, he has it memorized. Um, have you invited him to sleep over after the offseason? No, I didn't want to bother him. You're gonna wait and that and say, "Hey, yeah. say, listen, I got a, um, I, sh- I have a roommate. Um, it's not the best part of town. Do you have bodyguard? <laughs> Xbox? Yeah, we got Xbox. That bong is just there for memories, right? Back in the day. <laughs> All right, now, here's what I see. One is, and we're not hearing this discussed." It seems like a lot of the why the uh, sharp analytics people, the know-it-alls, as I call them, they've been playing wrong about a lot of stuff the last like two years. Specifically, the Bills are 
built into the platonic ideal, the platonic ideal of one of these guys with their spreadsheet and the EPA. Oh, they let you run because even if you run fairly effectively, the EPA isn't as good mm-hmm. and you don't need to run. A good team, the best team would pass every down. You don't, and I would. Okay. Would you? Well, after until my quarterback you saw with the got char- hurt. After you saw with the Chargers? Like the ability to run the ball at the end of the game matters, yeah. right? Well, you got to pick up third and twos. That's highly leveraged. Yeah, even a guy like Kevin Cole, who was at the not the forefront, but a real advanced thinker that's usually on the side of the analytics people. He's one of them, but he's not one of the ones that's so dogmatic about it, mm-hmm. so staunch about it. He knows that they don't. Here's like that Josh Her- Hermsmeyer. Yes, I think I got that okay. Um, he's a guy that writes for 538, but he's a super well respected guy around the, these guys. And he says this you ask him any question, his answer is almost like, I don't know. Hmm. Like, we don't know. We don't have it. Like, we think we know, but there's not enough data to know. How good is Josh Allen? We don't know. We know he had a hell of a year in year three. And he's had an above average year the last two years. But he could Josh Allen be the ninth best quarterback? It wouldn't be crazy. Would Going it? forward. No, I mean, even looking back. Oh. Because here's the thing the true, not the stats, his stats are what they are. But how many tip passes? How many times did the other. DC drink too much the night before because he knew it was going to get fired. I mean, we don't know. And what's he working with? We we really don't know how good any any guy's receivers are. You know, it's like, are they really good because the quarterback's really good? Are they really bad because the quarterback stinks? You know, it's it's unclear sometimes. I've never said this before, but Fez, you're going to like it. Let's think about what we do know about teams. If a team is 14 and two, 15 and one, well, you know, 15 and two, whatever. We know they're good, right? If they're 0 in 17, if they're 1 in 16, we know they're bad. Yes. Because it's so extreme. We can have some confidence, good confidence. But how often is there a 10 and 7 team that really is like a 7 and 10 team and vice versa? It happens all the time. That proves, or at least it's good evidence to my point, when you have super extremes, it feels like we're right about It's rare that we think a team is the worst team that ends up being like even the middle of the pack. Yeah. So to use, let me use an analogy. Like you play poker. You used to be a big poker player. Yeah. Let's say you played 17 sessions. Mm -hmm. All right. And I'm not talking about just like quitting when you're up $2. Yeah. So let's say five to eight hours. Yeah. So you play 510 for for, for 10 hours. Mm -hmm. All right. And you do that every Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And after 17 weeks, you're 15 and two, or you're three and 14. If you're 15 and two, you're a good, probably a good poker player. If you're three and 14, you're probably a bad poker player. Mm-hmm. And if you're 10 and seven or seven and 10, it means very, very little. But if you think about it, to go from number 30 or let's 32, let's say, to 17 or 16, however you want to think, let's say 16 is halfway, is that kind of move hardly ever happens but to go from 22 to well let's think about this 24 to 8 
Yeah, that might be a little bit more, but to go from 24 to 11 happens all the time. In terms of ranking by just schedule, like, like just final, what we final thought, wins. What we thought versus what was true. Like what we yeah, thought, right. let's say, and we don't even know what was true, really. The right? Saints won seven games this year. They could they could have won six. They could have won ten. I agree. And that's just us identifying the turnover. I mean, yeah. like if you really think about it, we would have to play. Look at baseball. How often? Look at baseball. In 162 games that there was a 16 or 17 game stretch that that literally, if you take the worst team in baseball, their best stretch of 17 games is better typically than the best team's worst stretch. I think the Yankees had a three and 13 run this year. Think remember about when they hit that wall? What happens if that were, if that was the season? No, this team stinks. It's time to you know what? It's time to shut it all down. Like and, the Rams, and, right? Yeah, I mean that's it's 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 a great point. And the Rams almost beat Seattle at the. I mean the Rams probably even with all their limitations injury wise were probably. A nine and eight or ten and seventeen, but they had some bad breaks emotionally. Whatever it was, there was an, a year in the NBA that the Celtics were like twenty eight and twenty eight. They're like one of the best teams year. in the league. Well, was that last, last year? It's year? Like, yeah, I, I, they all, I think it was like they're five hundred twenty first. McKenzie should know. They were like, and then they were as good as any team that's been not, in ten years. And that's not sixteen or seventeen games. That's like fifty. Yeah, it was right about this time last yeah. last year. Yeah. yeah. So, in general, here's my theory. You can bet on the best teams, and you think about it, they usually, if you can predict who they're going to be, they do well against the spread. Belichick did for a long time, and you know he's still okay. You can bet against the worst teams. But when you go past that extreme, you should play dogs, and be fa- you should always look to fade the eighth team. Like, look at the Chargers. Where were the Chargers? How good are they? We don't know. Right, and we don't know. Like Detroit, if you would have said halfway through the year how good they, people were they laughing, stink. people were laughing at Eric Jacksonville. Eager. They stink. At the end of the year, the Steelers, who started off what two and six, if you look at their whole season, their EPA was ninth. So, how good were they at the end of the year? Better than ninth. You got to figure right. Top ten team. Yes, and. There's, I mean, you really think about it. Look at Jacksonville. Like, so we're saying, oh, in a half season, things can turn around. Well, how do we know statistically? Like, there's no 95% confidence in this that is like one of the statistical measures. We don't know. That's, doesn't it make sense? You want to take the points with the decent teams that are not good and fade the good teams that, that aren't great. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes. Generally. Yes, generally, because. If there's an error in your numbers, it's more likely to bring, bring these teams together. That all, all well, things. If there's an error, there's always going to be all an things error. being equal. So, so to summarize, all things to being equal. If it, you tell me, I, t- I believe this is the 26th best team. Mm-hmm. It is more likely that they're better than they're worse than the 26th best team. If they're the 17th best team, then it's an unbiased estimator. And if you tell me they're the 7th best team, it's more likely they're worse than the 7th best team than they're better than the 7th best team. So you're saying if it's a normal distribution, it can't be that there's a uh, there's a technical term, I'm sure, but it's a skewed distribution because there's only, only so far you can go. Ex- That's if you're betting on the best team. They're, you're either right and you've, uh, you're at parity or you're wrong and you're on the wrong side. Exactly. Right. But I would say this, there is more co- – because if there was only rank 1 to 32, that's true. But you can be an underrated number 32 team. You can. And be. you can be an overrated number 32 team. Th- yes. Yeah, And same thing with number 1. Like Houston is a good example of an underrated well, – no, they would year. be at the underrated 32. Because yeah, and, and a year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Indy, 
was just god-awful at the end of the year. They were at the bottom, and they should have been even lower. Or the Giants last year, they were at the bottom and should have That's been That's a great every week lower the Giants' power ratings team had quit on Joe Judge. So if it's not extreme, if it's extreme winning or losing, you have a decent chance to be right, though still we see it all the time. Like, like we look. At, let's look at Minnesota. Everyone knew it. But Minnesota but it was had all a great built in. Yeah, it, it was, was all. It, it was all. It was all. It's so severely built in. It was. It was. But if it wasn't Kirk Cousins, because mm. people just don't like him, it would have been. It would have fooled more people. People got fooled. I mean, how good really are the Giants? Yeah, that game. It didn't seem. Well, they like got, they, they're pretty good when they play the Vikings. They covered both their games against the Vikings. So, but but a lot of people had a big change in their minds about the Giants after that playoff. I, I I tell you what, and there was sharp money against the Giants. That line went from seven and a half up to eight, mm-hmm. right right at close. Uh, the money in this game wasn't right on most of these games. It was right in that one. Um, the it, line move. The line move, and just a domination, you know, by Philly across the board. So here's the thing. Philly was a team that a lot of people were skeptical on. They had, a uh, at least at the start of the year, um, they were as good. When we look at our fourth quarter win share, and that's a pregame.com stat that says, okay, how much control did you have in the fourth quarter? We don't try to assess if it was lucky or not in this stat. We just say, how much control did you have? So, McKenzie, if we look at our top teams uh, for the season in fourth quarter win share, now there's no adjustment for this with, um, in fact, the best numbers are the ones in which the team's dominating. There they is garbage time, and they hold their lead, right? So we're not saying so much, let's look at the stats from that time. We're saying, what was the score in the fourth quarter effectively? And what did it mean when you looked at that for the percentage chance to win? And our best teams on this season, Philly number one, okay? Kansas City number two, okay? I'm, seeing, I'm familiar with these teams, San Fran, number three. Got to be Buffalo. No, Cincinnati, number four. Hey, those are the four teams. How do we do, Fez? Pretty damn good. All right. Cincinnati or Buffalo was next. Okay, so they were in the final eight. Oh, look, Dallas is next. Pretty good. Now we got our interloper, Baltimore. Now, here's the thing. We don't adjust for strength of schedule with this. Next year, we're going to. Minnesota, though, came in. They They did well in these games, whatever you want to say about it. Look at the gap between the Ravens and the Vikings, too. Uh, so the numbers uh, were? Ravens were 65% per game. Vikings were 53. Yeah, so that was the drop-off, right? And what's interesting is is you continue to see Jackson. How can you only be 53% and win 13 games or whatever the Vikings That's an interesting did. point. <laughs> That's right. That goes to show you, doesn't it? Now, what was amazing about Philly, their number, like how much did they control the game, uh, was 81.5. That's good, right? Okay, but here's the thing. Like eight, nine games in, McKenzie, if I recall, what were they at? Like 93? Yeah, they were 93 through six games in like, the 90s for most And of no the one game. else was like above 85. I mean, it's like they were in another universe early. Like they didn't even have a game. Like even the Lions game that ended up tight, they were in total control yeah. of that game. So it's like, one, this stat tell this is so much better than close wins and close losses. Oh my, we're looking at it on a per play basis in the fourth quarter. We're using the so NFL this is game. saying Philly's going to play Kansas City in the Super Bowl. No, because here's the thing: it's saying that the on the field result was that 
that can be deceiving. Punt yeah. returns, kickoff returns. You know how and there's not big, a very now there was a big disparity. It's not so big anymore. That's true too. And I think the case could be made that Philly had a boomerang effect that they were really good. Then the Washington game hit, the Hurts injury, and it looked like maybe Washington, you know, had him figured out. But then they had a couple nice wins after that. But then Hurts get hurt. Oh, Minshew, Minshew. Well, no. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, is he going to be hurt? Is he, he comes back? You say 90%. They're healthy. Dallas Goddard's back. I mean, looks good. Goddard looks real yeah, good. Yeah, and I mean, he's key. I mean, when you have a running quarterback that doesn't yeah. like to, you know, like he throws a lot of go balls or whatever, but he's not, a, still hurts, isn't a great downfield passer. Tight end's always open. He's good. Now, what's funny is on SOVAM, did you did you get a chuckle out of my top five? Do you remember my top five? Remember, I had to have the top five draft choices. Oh, yes, yes. So, I spent like 20 minutes staring because I had my top four and Hertz was in there. Mm-hmm. And if you really think about it, it's almost impossible not to have him because the next quarterback has to be either Trevor Lawrence or Herbert. I, not Purdy? I couldn't bring myself to say that. So what I did for the, you know, the thing I had to do for the show was I had the top four. Mm-hmm. right, And then I said, number five, trade down. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I drew a blank, and that's absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, but think about it. Jalen Hurts at four is like the worst. Like, where could, like, who, I mean, maybe you could say if you really drank the Herbert Kool Aid, fine. Yeah. But, so flip them. Okay. But then Hurts is five. After after the top five. And maybe it, Trevor Lawrence. Falling, you, could, you could buy the. You're falling off a cliff. But let's say Trevor yes. Lawrence. But who's next? Deshaun Watson, who it was a disaster this year. Dak, was Dak next? Is Brady and, and you trade down? You're right. Yeah, Brady and Aaron Rodgers are done. This is a lifetime type draft, right? You don't draft a 46 year old. I don't. I don't want Murray. I don't want I mean, Watson. Murray, you're right, but but Murray is like a lesser version now of Hurts, and Hurts' trend line is yeah, straight up. I agree. And Murray went up, down, up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Murray's probably top ten. That's the shocking thing. Like, these quarterbacks, all the old-timers are dropping off. It's like, and Russell Wilson dropping off so young. Yeah. What the hell's going on? I mean, if it wasn't for her, let's be honest, Herbert being so good and Burrow being so good and Allen being so good, he's good, was a long shot when you looked at all of them, right? There were some failures, but that's a nice well, well, draft. The, 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 you know they were long shots because nobody else is even in the same area code. And But imagine if they were average quarterbacks. Oh, the league would suck. Like, well, think about Nobody's it. Nobody's scoring. It would be Mahomes. I mean, what I'm saying is it's like, I didn't know. Let's be honest, Hurts or Herbert. Now, Tua with the concussions is the issue, right? So there's a lot of guys yeah. you could squint and say that Hurts was a second-round draft choice that people laughed at when he st- got, went in for Wentz that has gotten better every year. He got no run, doubt. He got run out of Alabama. He didn't get run out. His opportunity wasn't there. Yeah. And... This guy every year works so hard. You got to like the, the work I, ab- ethic. Absolutely. And he's a tough dude. I mean, it's that, that's football, baby. Okay. Um, Mackenzie, let's look at a few other. We'll go to the last game, but let's look at a few other of our yearly numbers. So I, I want to look at uh, line of scrimmage. All right. So this is something that really identified the Chargers paper tiger, if that's right. What is a Charger? Is it like just, it's a mentality? It's an ethos? I think it's a lightning bolt. Oh, my God. They worship the god of lightning? They, they are lightning. 
No. <laughs> yeah, they, they're a flash in the pan. That is true. Okay. Exactly right. So uh, the theory of line of scrimmage is there's plays that happen at the line of scrimmage, and that really is what football is mostly about. Special teams, yeah, it's important, but it's not what we associate with a good team. And you know what? Special teams is not sticky very much at all. It has been historically for Belichick. It wasn't this year. It has been historically for Harbaugh. Um, if I remember, Sean Payton's got some good history, but literally if you look at how correlated special teams are year to year, considering kickers stay on their teams, you would think it is. Look at the Bengals kicker. It, it, it doesn't seem to stick. Justin Tucker, obviously. Morton Anderson, those guys, the rare, rare exception. There's not many you can name. Okay, so now if you look at some of the teams that were Fugazi types, a little bit fake. All right. We talked about the Chargers. Well, guess what they were line of scrimmage on the season. And it's just taking every play at the line of scrimmage, taking the EPA, taking out garbage time, and taking out turnovers. Because turnovers, they're there's a lot of luck. Now we try to ask, we try to define how much luck there is, but that's another stat. So we're looking now at just line of scrimmage, not turnovers. Okay. Chargers were 21. Not good. This is offense or net? Net. Okay. Giants were 23. Not good. And even Minnesota, who was, I think, a little better than the end of the season made him out to be, was 13. So this stat's pretty damn good with, with the pretenders. Why don't you put up in, oh, so we got the favorites right here, right? Okay, here are the favorites. Can, or not the favorites, the leaders. All right, line of scrimmage. Kansas City 1, Philly 2. This is the line of scrimmage. Philly 2. Buffalo 3. Hey, Buffalo. Give them credit. They were a good team. They didn't play well. I think they were overrated, but okay. San Fran next. Cincy next. Dallas next. Pretty damn good. Now, the Saints are next. Seventh. Fez, they were good. They, I mean, the wise guys were on them a lot of games, weren't they? From, from the beginning <laughs> of the year when they bet them over seven and a half wins and then they got to seven, and then they just sucked. And, and they and they won the stats week 18 and lost to Carolina, oh, dooming the over seven and a half bet. Yes, I had it. I'm not bitter. No. <laughs> All right, Miami next. And think about this. Miami's ranked eighth, and they didn't have Tua for a big chunk of the year. Now, obviously, there's uncertainty with Tua. Jacksonville next, Washington, Baltimore, New England, then Minnesota, Jets, Seattle, I mean, this is a who's the eyesore? Where Tampa was 17, they were a pretender, right? So, Fez, I mean, it's hard to look at this and not think, well, the takeaway here is Kansas City rock solid always, but the real takeaway is Saints better than we thought. Bet the Saints next year. And, well, lose again. <laughs> yeah, who's to say? Um, and, and the idea of Washington being better, well, listen, Washington was favored by five in the second game against the Giants, right? So these numbers, now this is the highest compliment. Fez is taking a picture of the screen with it on. We got printouts. Yeah, we, can, we got. Uh, yeah, those, those, ah, those disappeared. Those. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Great stat. Great stat. Okay, so we got, let me think. Oh, we got our aggregated stats, right? So it's, it, we take our friends and, and, and people we respect and we add it up. This is the last one we'll go through. Now this is Kevin Cole aggregated with Football Outsiders, DVO, with the pregame EPA that adjusts for luck, and the Neflo, as it's called. And uh, that's it, right? Yes. Okay. We all got a little proprietary way of doing it. We take the average. Number one, Philly. 
Number two, Kansas City. Number three, Cincy. Now, look, this is season-long, Feds. We don't even regress. Mm -hmm. Well, not regress. We don't even, I guess it would be diminished as you go back. And really, I've been studying this. Almost every series, like Football Outsiders takes away, I think, like 15% if it's one week back and 30% if it's two weeks. They, I mean, they're down there below 50 really quick. Mm. So, like, the early, the more recent games. And I think this, that's too much. But you know what? Here's why I don't. And I, we can talk about this in the offseason. I'll just say it quickly. If every team was playing the same way every game, I agree with you. You want more volume. But teams in these – it's so advanced in the league now where one week they can't run, next week they make this schematic change in their run. It's like, it's like this game of chess that never stopped. Pittsburgh stop. got better. Yeah. Pittsburgh is a good – I think actually you know, – I'm going to recant that. Team by team, I think it depends. If a team has been pretty much the same all year – you should weight them similarly, whereas if a team's makeup has changed, well, if they're the same, you weight them similarly. It doesn't matter, yeah, right? Because yeah. th but, but that's a good point. But what I'm saying is, but variance just yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. Right? I'm just saying the other factor is that the you don't see teams play badly in one area of the ball for extended periods like you used to. The, the coaches are smart enough. They compensate for it, and though it weakens them somewhere else, they don't want the newspaper saying six straight game, giving sure. up 200 yards. And wouldn't you say that the if you get on a jag, like, oh, Philly in the first half, yeah. right? It, it almost always disappears quick. By right when everyone starts betting it, mm -hmm. it starts losing. And because everyone's saying Philly's good enough, what can yep. we do? Yeah. So I do think that makes the more recent games much more important because yes. it's more representative by a big factor. Yes. Okay. Philly, Kansas City, Cincy, San Fran, Buffalo. Now that is the top. Usual five. suspects. Yep. Dallas next again. New England. Very. Surprising. That's an outlier. Yep. Jacksonville. Right. They're right there in that second tier. Saints again. Number nine. And this is a whole different approach. Cleveland, which was a darling all year of the analytics game. Yeah, the wise guys kissed yeah. the baby with Cleveland. Baltimore, Green Bay, Detroit. Now, remember, that's the whole season. Detroit last half, Pittsburgh. I mean, these numbers are in Chargers again at 16. They suck. Herbs is average. Oh, my God, he's average. No, he's not average. But he's the not Chargers are average. He's yeah, they're average, and he's not near as good as people think. Or at least he might be in some theoretical skills competition. But we're playing football. It's a good looking man. Which seg, which that's not the skills competition. Which seg, which segues to your criticism of Purdy. What did, what are the 49ers supposed to do? Like, what was their chance of losing this game in the? Or what was our fourth quarter win, Sharon McKenzie? Ninety percent. 90% chance in this I, You know, I, I still think the fourth quarter wind share has one major flaw. It, it's, all right, go ahead. It, its flaw is that if you're very lucky before the fourth mm -hmm. quarter, you're going to have an insanely high percentage. But we got other numbers that That's try right. to tell us what. Because yes. here's the thing. At one point, you got to say, what really happened? Well, right? I'll tell you what, real in this game. Well, no, you can't tell better than the math. I mean, you might be right, but like in the long run, let me ask you, if we disagreed with your assessment, which we have on Monday, let's say three games a week, maybe we disagree. Sure. If you did a, a forensic dive, do you think that you're going to be better than 50% against these numbers? No. Because you can't, you're not a computer. You can't see everything. Yes. No but, one can. But, but, but I, I really feel strongly having watched the Dallas San Francisco game super closely that this was a game, San Fran was in deep trouble in this Wait, game. What scenario was that? What point was that? End of the first half. Mm -hmm. The score is tied. It's hard to be in deep trouble if you're tied at halftime. Yeah, but yeah you're, you're tied. <laughs> Dallas is in the red zone. There's a minute and a half left. It's going to be the last possession of the first half. And mm -hmm. Dallas gets the ball to start the third quarter. Okay. Um, Purdy doesn't look good. 
And and just to be clear, if we think of EPA, McKenzie, getting the ball is worth, what, a point and a half? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you have an average, it's coming into it's a point and a half. And what's the EPA? What was it? Like third and seven on the 19 when you say red zone? What was the situation? Uh, first and 10, like on the 20. Right. So can you just jump in and see what the EPA was there? Yeah. I mean, what am I? I don't, I don't do this great. Three, maybe? Three and a half? So let's, we're going to guess till he finds it. Let's say that's, a, that's Dallas effectively leading by four and a half points at that I point. I think it's a good number. All right, go ahead. Okay, we'll call it four to be concerned. Right. So Dallas up four. And then they're going to get the ball that's worth the point. No, no, that's counted in this then. Oh, well, they're already in the red zone. So they should score three. It should be a slam. They can take knees and kick a field goal. No Dallas' field goal kicker, right? Cowboys had four and a half expected points before the pick. So if you add in getting the ball, it's six then. So let's say it's six points. And that's computers not accounting for that Okay, Okay, so so I have a three and a half point underdog Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be up six early in the third quarter. Okay. All right. That's um, that means they should win the game. They're, they should be yeah, favored to win for sure. Yeah, for All right. Sure. So that that def, that by definition trouble. that's in trouble. Right. When you, when you, I mean you're, no, you're you in said deep. You said deep you're trouble. Right. They're right. not in deep trouble. They were under, underdogs. They're an underdog to win the game mm-hmm. with twenty nine with almost half the game done. Okay. And then Dak throws an interception, changes everything. That's what Dak does. That's well. That's, He's had two interceptions. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's 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 what Dak did. Dak gave well, away that's the what game. He's done for the half of the year, though, right? Yeah. He's been he gave back. away the game, and to start the interception, start the game, kept San Fran, you know, you know, uh, level, mm-hmm. and then threw the interception in the end of the first half, which basically turned the tide. Here's why: what happens is more valuable in the fourth quarter than any other time because the chance for a fumble, the chance for this or that. It's you've had three quarters for it to even itself out. It's not always going to mm. do that, but teams get up fourteen nothing and then they come back. You know, like Jags. I mean, that was an extreme. But in general, the fourth quarter is when everything is pointed towards, and the whole three quarters has already been played. So now it's like, how good are you? What kind of um, energy do you have? Which brings up the point. I would make the following point as we wind down the pod. I would upgrade Dallas if they had, if they were playing next week. Because as you really pounded, and no one was talking about this as much, fifth straight road game. Yeah. Right? And well, fourth straight. Fourth straight road. It was the fourth. Was it? I think it they was fin- fifth. They, they, they finished the end of the year with two. Mm-hmm. And then they went on the road and won at Tampa Bay. That was their third straight mm-hmm. road game, and this was their fourth. Okay, it so would I have mis- been the fifth if they had they won. Okay, so I misspoke. But yeah. still, four straight road game, which is the kind of thing it's happened. I sent it to you like um, since like 93. And you had some great numbers on late in the game, those teams do lousy. And we didn't play it because rightfully so. I thought the line seemed a little skewed that way. I had to lay a half mm-hmm. on San Francisco fourth, fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. And also, it's like, well, if they're up, Shanahan's going to run the ball a bunch, so Dallas could come back, and if they're down, it's hard for them to come back, San Fran. So it's like, I got the But you were spot on, because Dallas was, in my opinion, the better team for three quarters, and San Fran was the much better team in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. And they lost Pollard, too, before the fourth. Pollard went out in the second quarter. So you add that up, the fact it was a competitive game, I don't think it's an indictment of San Fran or Purdy. I think it's a sign that Dallas was, you know, you said you had Dallas as like a top, like one of the top teams a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And you got scared off them for, I don't think, valid reasons. But you were back on, I mean, it's a weird. Defensively, they, they, they were no longer elites. 
Yeah. Yeah, but they got that. They seem to get the second cornerback straightened out a little bit. Got and, their linebacker back. And yeah. Park or uh, me, or Micah Parsons, he was fast. It seemed yeah. like he was slowed down. So again, the league changes fast. It does. But looking at that team, that Dallas team with Pollard is a good team. Yeah, and I and, and I didn't I didn't change San Fran's rating, and I considered not changing Dallas's rating, and then you know I just said you know what my confidence in Dak. Did go down. He did play a poor game. What do you think, Mackenzie? Cousin Kyle goes to what is it? His third NFC Championship game in three in five years? Four years, yeah. Four years. All right, and he covers seven with, and one all time in the playoffs with a rookie quarterback, seventh round pick, and he's downgraded. What do you think? It's a lot of people talking about. Well, Shanahan didn't have a great game. I don't understand it. The job is to win. I kept him. I didn't upgrade. I kept him at zero. I didn't up. I didn't upgrade them. Well, you're supposed to get an upgrade if you cover. No, you're not. Generally, no, generally, no. I mean, that's the base in general. Your correlation to upgrades and covers is going to be very high. That's right. But, but, but that's why we go into yeah, this. I bet. Oh, for sure. I bet what 35 percent. You don't like yeah. a third, man. Uh, maybe even like maybe even less. Yeah, yeah. So okay, Mackenzie has a question. Any? I think he's calling from. A bad part of town. Any validity to the idea of the 49ers wearing down Dallas's run defense throughout the game? We were kicking butt. Oh, wait. He didn't say that. Um, was it the running or was it the four straight road game? I think it combo? was both. Yeah. I think Shanahan knew about when, that. When I say that, you get mad at me. <laughs> but in this case, I think they're compact. No, yeah. I'm not saying it where it was half of one and half of the other. I think uh, they were working together. And I think it was more, based on those stats you showed me, I think it was two-thirds, one-third. Two-thirds, the four straight road game, one-third worn down from the running. And here's a stat. There's only about 10 teams that were in that spot since, like, 92. Yeah. The Bengals had some strange thing in 92. They played, like, eight straight road games. I don't know Is if their right? stadium got hurt or something. Got you know? In, do you recall anything? Well, anyway, I can look it up. It was the year after their... No. Nah, but no, it, but either way. So um, if you start like in 93 and go on after that, which was an, an aberration that, you know, those games, it didn't, hasn't happened since like 2006. But during that time, there's been like 10, right? Mm -hmm. And it has to happen in the playoffs, right? Is the team got outscored by 10 points a game, but seven of the team with the fourth row, seven of the points came in the fourth quarter. It's just amazing. So, the team runs out of gas with all those. And, 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 and like you said, it almost always happens when a team has to go into the playoffs and play on the road week 18 and maybe week 17 yeah, on top of it. Weeks. we got to pay more attention, I think, to teams that finish their last two games on the road. That's really— I think you do a good job with that. That's a bad thing for a team. And you do it in the— and you do it, um, uh, in the preseason, yes, too, where because people it's not are in the preseason, yeah. and and it's not as crippling because your teams don't play in the preseason. But you know now, correct me if well, I'm wrong. Stars, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're the there's the a week, week in between. Yeah, yeah. there's That's a bye week, so it kind of they take away. I used to have great uh, systems on the five game playoffs in the NBA. Uh, these changes, man. All right, um, got to be flexible. Last point here, early. I don't want it. We're going to have the big pod taped Wednesday, released Thursday morning, crack of dawn. SOVAM in between. We gave you a lot today, a lot. This was, you know, let's be honest, a lot of good info. Which way do these lines move if you had to, you know, and you can give confidence level. Eagles, 49ers, what happens? It's now two and a half minus 20. Eagles favorite. I'm going to forecast a double line move. Okay. The line's going to go to three. And then it's going to come back to two and a half. Three will be a bridge too far. But will the three last like for an hour? Or? I think a day. I think okay. it's going. To, I think. I'd, I think. On Saturday it goes to. Mm -hmm. Or Friday or Saturday it goes to three, 
let's say on Friday night it goes to three, and then Saturday night it goes back down to two and a half. The square money looks to be based on the books and the, the skewed lines on the Eagles. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the pros are going to like the Niners at three. The Niners are the pros feel are the better team, and home field's not worth three. And yeah. And if if so, what you're saying is going to three and a half unless there's some major injury is almost impossible. So if you can, if you like the dog and you can get a three, gobble it up. As soon as you get the three minus one ten, that's going to be as good as it gets. And yes. this is this is what we talk about. The hedge funds talk about where what's your risk if you if it's two and a half right now? Do you take it? Well, what's the risk that it goes to two? It's like. Well, you lose a half a point, but it's not a key number. Well, what do you gain if it goes to three? You gain the most key number of all. Thus, in general, you better have a good reason to take the two and a half. Now, you might as well wait is a good way to say it, right? Yes. Um, the teaser of all teasers came, and I was rooting against it. The people's teasers. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, did you have it? Yeah, three star. <laughs> It's by two. You had it early. Yeah. Now Kansas City got bet good and got bet out. But boy, it was funny. The books were taking it with a smile on their face, and they got. I mean, I bet that was a big loss, huh? No, no question. Because yes. every wannabe on the radio. Although a lot of the books say that you know that there was plenty of Kansas City minus you know nine money that bailed them out. That they people you know that that the, 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 the public the leave nine. If the books lose. They want to act like they didn't lose that much, which is so counterintuitive. You think they would be crying poor, which they do. If the oh, I hate when the like the bookies win like six straight weeks. In week seven, the players eke out a win in aggregate. They are whining like it's nobody. They're, they're always they, what they never explain is that when they they say how'd you do, they're like they're they're kind of right, it's how right. they do versus expectation. Yeah, you know we after held, we only held eight percent. Yes, and we 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 wanted to hold eleven. I mean, I can only say this, Fez. I don't like to cast aspersions. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. But Mackenzie hits that board whenever he wants. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next game, final game, and we wrap. We've got Chiefs, Bengals, obviously Mahomes. There was a issue, injury. There was a, a major move this morning. The total also moved a slightly different time, so that's interesting. Went down. Here's what I hear. I think the people think, and I don't know if it's for sure yet, that he got shot up. All right? Legal, right? Okay. <laughs> they say they say that it can help you a lot that game, but it actually hurts you for the next game mm-hmm. with these high ankle sprains. It looked like it was serious. Like, you can only look with your eyes. And there's these internet doctors. We can see what they have to say. But my sense is this line move is telling us Mahomes is either out or he, and I wouldn't be surprised. And you're saying it only goes to three if he's out, Bengals three. Yeah. And but I think he's going to be way hobbled. Is what I think. What do you think? I, I agree. However, there's a certainly this is pricing and a certain chance that he doesn't play at all. Mm-hmm. So the second that we say Patrick Mahomes has been named the starter, money will come on the Chiefs. And I think even that's if he comes out time. on on, on yeah. crutches, and that's the time to bet. Since if you miss Cincinnati let it, let the first run, time, yeah, let it run up. So where does it go if Mahomes starts? Uh, KC winds up closing the favorite. Nowhere like close one, to three. One, one and a half. One, one and a half. All right. Yeah. So I'll take And now— you agree? T- I don't have a great feel because there's a there's a irrationality to the market with these injuries I see now that I never yeah. used to see, which is something to take advantage of. Sure. Right? Um, 
I like. Now, do you even at this number? Do you like the Chiefs on a tease? I don't. But we got both of them in teaser I, range. You, right? you know the reason. Yeah, the reason I'm not as high as I was the teaser last week is that when we tease stuff, you like a high level of confidence that the line is right. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes could go out there and just be like on, play on one leg. And after the game, we can say, remember the Super Bowl against Tampa where that old line was so compromised and Tampa won by a zillion? Mm-hmm. And, Pat, and we could say, we, really, that was a factor that could really skew yeah. I agree. the results. And th- so this is this, the, the health of Mahomes. There's a lot of volatility in this game. Let's look ahead. If it's announced that Mahomes is in and it goes to one and a half, now you can tease the Bengals. Well, I would much rather you, tease you the like Bengals. You like that, right? Because I much le- more confidence that the Bengals would, you know, teased up to seven and a half or higher is is a safer play. And I like the 49ers at plus eight and a half. I do as well. That should I, be a war. And I think the Eagles' um, strength of schedule is so bad that this is going to feel like a different game for them. So I don't see them running away like they have with some teams. 49ers, I, I mean, only the Chiefs were able to run away from them. I agree. Good stuff? Yes. All right, so do you want to do like you usually do on the uh, Thursday show, you usually do the be careful out there. Do you want to do a who day? Who day? Ooh. Who day? Who day beat my Bengals? He's not a fan. Talk to you soon.